After after two weeks and multiple failed attempts to record this goddamn podcast, Dude. we're finally back. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, one computer later, another version of GarageBand later. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it, it. Annie came over last Saturday to record, and we sat there for an hour trying to get my old computer yeah. to uh, get GarageBand to run, and it kept on crashing. And instead yep. of recording the podcast, Annie uh, spent the entire afternoon uh, playing Fire Emblem in my bed, and then and fell, fell asleep. asleep. Yep. <laughs> Until Foley came by and picked you up, and yeah, I'm a super great cute. guest, y'all. Oh, it's so nice to be recording. Uh, uh, the spoilers for people who don't know how we record this podcast. Um, uh, we've been recording on my old uh, computer for the longest time, which ke- would keep on crashing. Yeah. So uh, there would be multiple a- edits in every episode, and it was also weird too because recording it always like we're always kind of waiting for the computer to crash because yeah, like exactly. I don't know why why uh, GarageBand on my old computer fucked up. Uh, but I went out and bought a new MacBook this week, and so hopefully we don't have to worry about this anymore. We can actually Yay. talk. And think. Also, you can actually do your job. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, so how you doing? I'm. Okay, yeah. it's the weekend. I'm doing all right. You're okay. Yeah. What are your plans for this weekend? Um, I gotta pull up our show notes. That lot of not much. Uh, I have to go talk to my tattooist about my tattoo. Well, so okay, explain to people what your tattoo is gonna be and why you're gonna get it. I'm pretty sure where I told you this story get it? before. But when I was a young person and obsessed with knights and specifically the Knights Templar, I always thought that when I turned 20, if I was still obsessed with knights. Then I would get a uh, tattoo of uh, the Templar cross yeah. or something like that. Well, I turned 20 and I was too much of a pussy. So now I'm turning 30 and I figure, you know, I need to make up this promise to tiny You're baby You're turning Annie. 30 in two weeks. I'm turning 30 in February Are 2nd. you going to get your tattoo on the day of your birthday? Probably after. Um, Foley convinced me to take the week off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have lots of time to recover and wine. And apparently she has some surprises planned for me. So Uh-oh. I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, so I'm finally getting, uh, uh, my tattoo. I originally wanted to get, uh, the Templar cross, but the Templar cross is very similar to the, um, Hospitalier cross, which is commonly known as the Iron Cross. Oh, that's no Which good. has both Nazi or biker connotations. Well, it wouldn't be a problem, but, like, you want to get your tattoo someplace you want to be seen, too. So, like, if you just wanted to get a tattoo, like, on your butt, who the fuck cares? But, like, yeah. No, I still wouldn't want to get a symbol that is as people associate with Nazi them on my butt. I don't care. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, uh, no, The Undertaker would be really pissed. <laughs> if 50 so, years from now. So, uh, um, I commissioned our friend Dylan to do a rendering of one of my favorite symbols of the Knights Templar, which is two knights sharing a horse. It was meant to thought, um, show I, their b- b- poverty. I thought the most popular symbol... Well, why not to get the Upstergo logo? Very funny, Bill. So, she did that for me, and it looks awesome. You showed it to me. It looks really... Because it looks like an old-timey illustration. Well, she... I wanted it... I wanted it to look kind of along the line of her... uh, She did a great line of uh, Dance Macabre. Yeah. uh, Reboot things. And I'm like, I want it kind of... Basically to be that sort of style, that sort of faux woodcut thing that she does so well. And I know she gets it, too. So it was... um, She did a great job, and I'm really excited She accidentally put an extra leg in there, which I kidded her about yesterday. (laughs) She was like, that was really excited, and there's an extra leg! But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty rad. So I'm gonna go show it to my tattooist tomorrow and make sure he doesn't uh, see the red flag. It's pronounced Katowski. 
So yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's funny to call him my tattooist because he is this Wooly's tattooist. Yeah, he has done. He's been. I'll do any. Give me five bucks and I'll do it for free. I got yeah. some pens. Uh-huh. I got some needles here. Yeah, I know. I've, I've I'm also seen prison freelance movies. freelance artist. Still. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I'm just saying. Like, I well, you. I also got a hot curling iron. <laughs> so we're good. You want yeah. a brand instead? It'd be kind of. It's it's interesting. That'd be I'm, more fitting with medieval kind of thing. I'm curious to see how fine a line he can get with it. He does really well. With well, at least really you see what he can do with Foley. Yeah, exactly. What if your skin is too soft? What What if your meat can't take ink? My actually is that an issue? I am the perfect tattooing subject because I don't get a lot of sun. I'm super. <laughs> You're pale. like a piece of human parchment. He always wait. Did he actually say? Has he been well, doing this for years? Like Annie, you kind of let no, me. No, 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 no. He said this to Foley last time. He's like, "You're great because you're really pale and um, uh, you're a big lady, so there's lots of surface." He He's like, said that? He did. Aww. He was like, "It's great." So I was like, uh, "She's like, I've never been complicated, complimented for being big and pale before." <laughs> so it's gonna work out just fine. So okay, assuming this tattoo goes well, if you ever wanted to get another tattoo, what would you get? I'm gonna get one. I'm all the one of the reasons why. I couldn't get a tattoo for a long time is I'm not the sort of person who um, sees a tattoo as just an item. I see the whole body as a canvas and the idea of a lack of balance and a lack of symmetry both visually and also thematically really bothers me. Yeah. So probably eventually um, I'm going to get into my inner left arm because I want to be able to Oh, it's going to get on your wrist. Okay. No, it's going to be on my, it's going to be right here. It's going to have to be pretty fucking big. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be about four inches wide, about two and a half oh, inches That is going to be big. It's I gonna thought it was going to be like a smaller, kind of like thumb size. I mean, think thing. about those fine lines. Oh, yeah, and, no, that makes you know, sense. Your, Man your... tattoos. So, uh, eventually, what I'm going to do is on my right arm, I'm going to commission Dylan to do a kind of mirrored pose. Why not the same guys, that's... but skeletons with a skeleton horse? I'm so glad you asked me these questions, Bill, so I can <laughs> tell you. Um, I'm just trying to help. Uh, I wonder to do. There's a scene in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid where they're escaping the man in the Panama hat by sharing a horse, and so I want her to do that in the same kind of dance macabre sort of style. Yeah. Um, but instead of two nights on a horse, it's Butch and Sundance. On oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. So and it'll be so it'll be both mirror imagery and a mirror. Of yeah. Well, body. hopefully this first tattoo goes off okay without yeah. any. Most people they without tend you to get crying or having to go to the hospital. Oh, I'm gonna or... cry. I'm gonna be a big fucking baby. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, once you find people... out the pain turns you on, and, and like you, you get this identity crisis where you're like, I can't come without being in the wow. in, in the tattoo okay, chair anymore. Sure. Some people think that's a, people, a lot of people get a sexual thrill out of getting tattoos. I've talked to a lot of I'm, people. I mean, I've never talked to anybody like that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, it's pain, pleasure, all that stuff. Yeah. Some people, uh, you know, they can't uh, they can't uh, come without being in the tattoo chair and being slapped at the same time. I'm just saying, force fed. I don't nannies. think that's gonna be a problem for me, Bill. <laughs> Like that. No, that's cool. I'm. Uh, I don't do. I'm uh, totally afraid of needles. I'm a I huge needle fan. Never contemplated getting a tattoo. I have honestly never even thought about if I got a tattoo. See, like I said, like. it's like having children. I last week I just realized it never occurred to me in my entire life that I would ever have kids. Yeah. It's nothing I even yeah. dreamed or even contemplated. Me either, to be honest with you. Yeah, never once. Oh, anyway, it's easy as a guy to say that just because like we're yeah. not really we're, we don't have responsibility for children. We just make the babies and run. <laughs> true i have never but, in my life thought about having kids not even in passing 
Like I never. But I like, thought about having this tattoo for over twenty years. Okay, which is yeah. why I just actually this is your baby. It's not like you know when people say like, oh, it's on your body forever. Are you really gonna think about it? I'm like, no, 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 no. Literally, the whole point of this was that when I was Isn't a kid, the inner arm kind of a sensitive place to get tattooed too. Well, I mean, your entire body is kind of a sensitive place, dude. I know. I mean, not super. It's not as bad. I know the rest is supposed to be really rough. Yeah, that's like thin skin, yeah. like right next to the veins and shit yeah. like that. But yeah, who cares? It'll be awesome. Fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like within the next month, you're going to be coming in with like a little yeah. bit of a bandaged arm. So, oh, yeah. my tattoo is yeah. healing. Yeah, I'm going to be a whiny-ass baby. Oh, no, I can't put my arm there. Yeah, because that's the thing. Fully, I was like, maybe I'll get my tattooed on the first or um, the day before my birthday or maybe the morning of my birthday. And she just looked at me like, you're an idiot. Get it now. You're going to be a whiny baby. Well, no, I have to get. I have to go and talk to my tattoo. Can you get tattooed and... when you're euthanized? When you're knocked out? When I'm euthanized, Bill. Euthanized means to kill. Well, I get that too. <laughs> practice tattoos on pigs yeah i saw a picture the other day of like just like a herd of tattooed pigs it looked hilarious mm-hmm. turns out it was a herd of pigs that like tattoo artists were like testing on yeah just cracks me up fucked up pigs pigs yeah. don't care <laughs> <laughs> no, pig skin. well pig skin isn't quite like people's skin but it's i can say it's pretty, close enough bill it's pretty fucking close but no, it's not like the bristles and shit like that it's not have like you, smooth have you met humans <laughs> You know. usually you shave your arm before you get you shave the whatever surface you're going oh, to have tattoo. Oh, even if you don't have, even if it's just fine hair. Well, yeah, because it's still hair. Oh, I didn't think about that. So I guarantee you, they shave the you pigs. Gotta shave your, you gotta shave your forearm. Yeah, I do. Hilarious. Yeah. What so else? It's gonna be my inner arm. So it's what else? What else? What else? Oh, I gotta tell you about my new, uh, my first tattoo. I decided if I do get a tattoo, sure, Bill, go it's ahead. Give me a back piece of Frozen. <laughs> So Billy, you like Frozen? I thought it was cute. I was surprised. Uh, it, I think if I'm driving, Andy with crazy would say, "You should see Frozen. It's actually pretty good." And my thing is that it's not that I don't. I'm di- totally disinterested in seeing it. It's that I have last in all of 2013. I think I saw two movies in a theater. I've not, the last movie I saw in a theater was Pacific Rim. That's how long Annie, it's been. As a gamer who loves story and hates playing games, you should love movies. <laughs> so I just say, man, imagine it's a cutscene. The best graphics. You don't have to put a controller in your hand while it's going out. You're like, hit X, the dodge. Yeah, these movies, you think these movies would be your thing. I love movies. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, I tell you. So Dylan and I were sitting here yesterday. Our friend of the podcast, Dylan McConus, who is a known intellectual kind of fancy lady who does not, she'll play games, but uh, she played Broken Age this week, and that got Mm -hmm. her thinking about, I want to play more video games. She asked if she could either borrow or keep my old two, either my old Xbox or my PlayStation 3, and like, mm-hmm. I'm like, serious? Are you fucking with me? She's like, no, I think uh, as, as, she, 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 she says, as someone who wants to be culturally literate, liter- literate, she feels like she should at least try to play some more actual console games. Hmm. I was like, holy shit. Then I'm like, what, what do games I give her? Exactly. What games do I give her? And I went looking through my game library last night, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the fuck do I give her? Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, of those two consoles, I think most of the games that she would enjoy would probably be downloadable titles like Flower and yeah. Journey and shit like that. But I'm trying to think of like any big console. I'd give her Fable 2. Do you think so, Fable 2? Yeah. Without oh, Fable yeah. 1? Yeah. Oh, did you see Fable 1 anniversary? Yeah, they're going to come out, out next, that in a week soon. or two. I forgot but about that. I but think Fable 2. Fable 2, well, that you're going to loan to Dylan if you want to loan her Fable. There you oh, go. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. But yeah, yeah I, I, would, I would give her Fable 2. Was Fable 2 on the Xbox? That was a 360 game. Yeah, that was so long game. ago. Yeah. Why Fable 2? Just because of the story? Yeah, it's the gameplay is fun and really accessible. Yeah, I'm kind of curious you to see how she would character. adapt to, to the control stuff. Because I think anyone could eventually adapt to a 360 or an Xbox or a mm. PlayStation controller with given enough time. But I don't know, what would be an easy console game to ease people into like 
twin stick three-dimensional controls it's tricky i think i told you the story about my my friend who got a ps3 and she got portal 2 and she literally couldn't figure out that's what i'm saying exactly yeah yeah it's like dylan has enough literacy with computer games though like she's had a held a controller yeah she knows how to operate it and she's smart even if she didn't she'd be smart enough and flexible enough to figure out how to you know it wouldn't be like giving a controller to your like yeah that's always the tricky question because it's like what the hell do you like even aside from controls but like yeah yeah games like it's funny actually because there have been some games lately where i'm like i really want to make dylan play this on steam and stuff but well i kind of want to gift it to her but i I also don't want to play the walking dead and even i I, I bought her the walking dead on mac she she zombies she's not a big zombie fan neither am i and i was still hell, that's what i was telling her i was like if, if annie can stick through it then like you can because it's, not, like, give it's her, not really graphic i'll give her wolf among us that's got a werewolf that actually it, may so. not be a bad idea <laughs> um man um, that's the thing i want to play walking dead but i want to play it until they got more episodes out because they're working uh, telltale's working on so many games right now yeah it's like a million years for them to actually like it's probably gonna be summer before we get the next goddamn walking dead episode it's been three months since the first wolf among us episode came yeah. out i saw people complaining about it like they, they finally announced details about the next episode which yeah. still isn't coming out anytime soon it's in february isn't it yeah, but it took them three months from the f- putting out the first episode you to guys. finally even mention when the next episode would come because out. Because they they're not going to announce anything if they don't know they could hit it. No, it's be- better to not say anything and then well, make and a promise, the, the then make Walking a date Dead you can game, stand on. It took a whole year for all the episodes to come yeah. out. So I might wait until there's actually two or three episodes built up. Which, which, which I can understand. The first game, which, I, which was fine. Absolutely. I understand the perspective of wanting to play it when it's all there. I do not understand the perspective of bitching about that's it taking a long time to make a video game i want to play i want to play walking down there's more of it there. that's Let's see that and that's way. i totally get that i agree with that things take a long I don't feel like ass being time for to a make whole year that's fine especially clementine you know I'm, the other thing too is like you know i'm i could actually go the rest of my life without playing another walking dead game that's like, the thing I, i'm i think that they have an in it an, a very unenviable situation here in that they have to figure out how to follow up on the first walking dead how'd you trick me I start talking about Frozen, and you just <laughs> We start talking about The Walking Dead. Uh, Frozen's good. <laughs> Spoilers for Frozen. No, uh, I, I have. I, you know, I think part of my perspective is that I grew up. I'm old enough that I did not grow up with the Disney Renaissance. Yeah. Uh, by the time the Disney Renaissance happened, I was like, I was like, fourteen or fifteen. I was uh-huh. about to uh, enter high school mm-hmm. and so i mean i saw those movies and they were pretty good but i didn't grow up with that stuff i grew up in an era where disney was over the hill bullshit yeah that everyone was kind of expecting to gradually die off yeah and so anytime there's a new disney movie especially post renaissance especially in any time in the last 10 years it, like when you see a new disney print especially a princess movie and you're like that didn't suck it's like a, <laughs> it's like a cause for celebration yeah so yeah this is me like i don't know how good objectively how good frozen is but i was pleasantly surprised also i think you would like it because it's about familial love and about two sisters that's what i've heard and i yeah. bet you i would like it and it, like i said it's not that i don't want to go see it it's just i can't get out of theater yeah and if i can't get out to theater well, to see movies yeah. that i desperately want to see how am i gonna go get out to a theater to see a movie that i'm like okay yeah my relationship which is with, funny because you do live a, like a five minute bus ride away from like two different theaters well no i now i live like did you see the bag that got rid of uh smaug yes finally they're showing her i want to see her but like oh it seems like uh, they've played smaug for less than a month which i think the contract for like theaters to get like to keep smog 
Like, they must have gotten rid, like, you know, rather than keeping they, uh, Smog on for a long, long time. They had, I was surprised they replaced it so quickly with her of all goddamn Well, movies. they only can do show one movie at a time. I know, but it's interesting. They that, did like, the same thing with Smog Hunger would have been, You think that would have been, been making so much money? Like, Smog well, would have think been about it. there until February. How profit? It's a neighborhood theater. Yeah. Once everybody in that neighborhood, no one is coming oh, from the other point. end There's of Portland There's a saturation to point, yeah. Exactly. It makes sense for them to cycle through But movies. to replace it with her is kind of funny, too. I'll go see her. I want to go see, actually, you know what, I may actually. Actually, now that I think about it, now that I know that Foley has to work late, I was thinking about going to go see her today, and the only reason why I wasn't was because Foley was going to get off work early, but now I actually might go, and I think about it. Because okay. I want to see her. And yes, I will go see movies at the Baghdad. I'm not going to take a bus down to 82nd and then get on another no, bus Clack- to go see Oh, I was going to say Clackamas, yeah. Yeah, Bill, that's two bus rides away. Clackamas, 82nd, uh, it's only the one of the worst uh, neighborhoods in Portland. <laughs> I'm not going fucking downtown to watch a movie. Yeah. I have uh, morally opposed to the Lloyd theaters. Why morally? Oh, because, because they're, they're, they're shit to their employees. Fox, I just said I'm not going downtown to see a movie theater. My movie going to get options are very I limited. I love going to movies. I love going to movies too. That's why I get so frustrated. Because. Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> you don't even get that joke because you don't see I like warm hugs. I'm just, I'm just everyone who's like who's frozen at home and go like, yeah, Bill, we love you. I was things for the thing I also saw. I was horrified to see. I saw a quote online from somebody this uh, talking about how one of the girls in the in Frozen has the best Disney bedroom ice since Nala. <laughs> I've been working on this week, so actually most of everything we have to talk about this week, at least I have to talk about in our show notes, is from last week. Um, the only other thing I did in the last two weeks was, did you hear about the Amazing Games Done Quick thing? I heard of it briefly, but... It was just the thing last week where, I guess this is like the third year that's been going on, where a bunch of guys just do a bunch of speedrunning uh, marathons on uh-huh. Twitch uh-huh. for uh, donations to a uh, cancer charity, anti-cancer uh-huh. charity, as opposed to all the pro-cancer <laughs> charities. Uh-huh. And so they were broadcasting for a good, like, seven or eight days straight last week, 24 hours a day, oh, on wow. Twitch. And they raised over a million dollars. Oh, good on them. And it was them. super fucking awesome. And they crossed the million dollar threshold during the last five minutes of the last game that they were going to stream. Oh, really? It was Chrono Trigger. They were at the boss battle of Chrono Trigger, and they crossed the million dollar mark. Oh, that's cute. fantastic. Uh, which is funny, because that, that kind of plays into the whole thing of kind of Twitch booming, uh, blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. That, like, because I think last year they said they, they quote-unquote, only made, like, $400,000. Yeah. They were hoping to make, like, like maybe double that. But, like, it's weird to think that, like, within... This, this, this shared has only been around for, like, two or three years now. Yeah. And they've gone from, like... I think the first year they made, like, $20,000. Yeah. Last year it was half a million. This year a million. And that's just because their Twitch audience just blew up so much. Because yeah. Twitch has become such a big thing in the right. last year. Especially yeah. with console stuff. I spent all of last week watching this uh, uh, Angry Games. Amazing awesome games. games done yeah. quick. On my Xbox uh, One. Just because yeah. it has a built-in Twitch shit. And that yeah. was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was kind of boring, though, because watching people glitch through games. Because it's speedrunning stuff. Yeah. So it's not like, just like, a lot of, some of the games were fun to watch. But a lot of them kind of were like, oh, I'm going to play through Castlevania running backwards and flying through walls and it's all abstract. I've broken the game so much. Yeah. That, like, it's hard to see even what the hell it is. That's that was yeah. cute. But anyway, so what else do you do? Uh, I, my, the one thing, the only real media my wife and I have been consuming lately is we've been uh, watching more Haven. Oh. I think I've talked about Haven on the yeah, podcast before. Yeah, it's a lot of that's possible. Uh, it's the, uh, well, was it when we were trying to record and it died that's what i'm trying to remember uh, you know what probably actually what's haven so haven is a show that's on the sci-fi channel it's on netflix now um where the reason why we watched it is the main character is played by emily rose aka elena from uncharted oh yeah i do remember you went on the spiel last week and the podcast broke down and then you yeah. went to sleep yes yeah i remember now <laughs> i can't talk about emily rose i'm just going to bed so it's uh the lady who plays elena from uncharted and the her uh love interest slash uh sidekick on the show is a guy named uh, Nathan or Nate? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so it's just her shouting at Nathan this and Nate. Sci-fi? Yeah, it's sci-fi. Channel. Is Lost Girl on Sci-Fi? Yes, it is a Canadian television show, but it is. I think it is shown on Sci-Fi here in the oh, states. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, it's pretty cute. It's I enjoy it because it's uh, a lot. You know, these these things that are kind of in the Buffy vein. Sometimes they get very. Um, self-important and like overdramatic and shit yeah. what i like about haven is that it, it very much so feels like it knows What's what it is the premise of the show so the premise of the show is that um in full disclosure i missed like the first five episodes because <laughs> my wife watched it when she was sick but it's very drop Aww. in and out um it's uh about the, because it's very monster of the week so it's about the show well, called sounds, haven like buffy this even yeah. aside from the premise but just like the tone of it yeah it's about this show it's not really but it's about the show in haven maine or, I mean, this town in Haven, Maine, which is this small coastal town, about 20,000 people, and it is afflicted by the Troubles. So there are people uh, have in their fl- family bloodlines these various abilities. Some are beneficial. Most are like some sort of Maybe burden. you did talk about this, because I, I think, think we I actually did. had this, co- not 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 just last week, but I think maybe in the last yeah. recorded podcast. Because okay, I remember, cause, yeah. Cause I remember, yeah, we did not... Last week we did not get. This is the worst podcast. In the no, world. but I'm just saying we did not get a chance to record long enough to you, yes. you explain this promise to me long enough. So yeah, yeah you've talked. Yeah, you've mentioned this. Yeah, because I remember so, the troubles. Like, and the troubles aren't. There are people. There are monsters. No, it's people. You'll be born, and when you come, when you have a stressful event, you will. That's your, what it is. You, yeah. The troubles will be manifesting you, and it can be everything from I accidentally manipulate the weather to you know. <sighs> My blood gives people superpowers to I cause pressure. My blood tastes like cherry candy. <laughs> oh, that'd be fucking uh, awesome. Like, the, we watched an episode last week that was about crushing pressure stuff. What's funny is that we kind of wanted to watch the show for a while because Emily Rose is in it, but we didn't really want to buy it. We were waiting until it was on Netflix. My mom, a year or two ago, had told me about the show and that she really liked it. So when I talked to her on Sunday, I said, Hey, Mom, we're watching a show that you like. We've gotten in Haven. And we are only about halfway through the most recent season. Mm-hmm. My mom is the cutest. She immediately goes, oh, yeah, you know, I really like that show until giant spoiler about the end of the most recent season. And Foley and I are just staring. We're FaceTiming. We just stared at her in mute horror like, what did you just do? I just told you we are halfway through the last season. Aw. She's fucking cute. But uh, no, it's a cute show, and I like it because it doesn't it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it keeps it Except when it gets when it, when it does, it's like Buffy. See, but no, Buffy sometimes took itself too seriously, and it got to the point where you'd have... I, what I like about Haven is there is an overarching plot, but they never spend more than two episodes in a row on that overarching plot. It's yeah. mostly Monster of the Week stuff. They're more interested in seeding the plot in the Monster of the Did Week Did I stuff. try to make you watch Community? You're one of the people who saw Community we had and this went, conversation like, I hate Community. A lot. Yes. 
I chose Parks and Rec instead of Community, and I can't get into Community. Oh, I man. tried it. I'm not into it. Parks and Recreation was terrible this week. So, like, Community's back. Community mm-hmm. is good because now the new showrunner. And Community right. actually had one of its best episodes ever, like, That's like what this I've heard. week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been trying to get my housemates into watching Parks and Recreation. And Parks and Recreation now follows Community on mm-hmm. TV. And so we watched Community, and like, we were like, oh, man, that, that was fucking fantastic. Yeah. And then Parks and, Rec- Re- Par- Parks and Recreation comes on. It's one of the most boring, lame-ass episodes ever. It was not a good and episode. I'm like, and I'm like, God, it's funnier. It's not always this crappy. Yeah. Trust me. And they're like, yeah, Bill, right. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not usually just, like, stupid, like, engagement jokes and, like, stupid prank jokes. It's, no. That was kind of a bummer. Poor Bill. Because my housemates, they tried to watch Parks and Recreation once before, but they started off with the first season. See, that's the thing. is terrible, and they keep on trying it's to tell them, like, ju- no, just jump to the first step of the second season. You're not yeah. going to miss any major yeah. plot points or anything no. like that. Well, even though I've tried to get these guys into Buffy, too, and which is funny because, like, my housemates, they love all these shows that are really influenced by Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. Yeah, And they actually even make jokes about Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. They love... Um, Warehouse 13 and all the like like Farscape and all these other shows that are Buffy mm-hmm. influenced. I'm like, well, you should watch Buffy. Mm-hmm. And because they're always like, well, we're waiting for another show like like these shows to come out. I'm like, well, there is one. Go back and watch Buffy. That's like the progenitor of all these yeah. shows. And but they've like, Buffy has aged terribly. Yeah. And I'm like, even if you go back, it's kind of rough viewing. Well, and even what, if you go back, you like need saying... to start with the second season. You can skip the first season. They recap everything that happens in the first season in the first episode of the second season. Yeah. And this is a, they this don't is believe a false... me because they want to start at the beginning, which makes sense. I'm the same sort of person where I don't want to jump in at the end or halfway through. Yeah. But I will say that I would say that um, uh, it's kind of like saying, oh, you like Star Wars, you should watch Flash Gordon. Yeah. I think the Buffy formula has been like kind of evolved to the point now. Yeah, exactly. Buffy. Yeah. It's now when you really go back rough. to Buffy, it's like it's like watching. A well, you'd movie be able that's to predict that everything to. happens. Well, it's yeah. funny because you go back, like you were explaining to me something about Lost Girl. Uh-huh. You were like, oh, this girl is the Willow. Yeah. And it's funny because if you watch Lost Girl and you go back and watch Buffy, you're gonna be like. Oh well, this this Willow chick. Oh, that's the chick from How I Met Your Mother. She she must be like the Kenzie of this. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like it's kind of going backwards. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. That's completely you know. But yeah, Buffy has. I also, there's only so Buffy. much really good Buffy too. Yeah, it's kind of like X Files in that way, where it's like really influential. And you know what? You'd never. There may be like five episodes of X Files you should watch. Really, Buffy. All you need is. Start with the second season, watch the third, and just shut it off. And you got you all the Buffy you ever really need. Wait, no, the body is is wait is later. Well, on. no, there's other good individual episodes. Yeah. Because but... whereas with 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 X Files, literally out of nine seasons of that show, you could pluck about ten episodes. Yeah. And guess what? None of them involve that. the overarching plot. Write me an episode plot. guide, and we'll have sure. an X Files podcast. FX would None do of that them involve every year. The Terminator. No. Are they? Oh, I actually liked Robert Patrick, but no. Again with my housemates, so I go upstairs the other day uh-huh. and they're watching some Great Expectations bullshit. Like there was a BBC miniseries about mm-hmm. Great Expectations. Have you ever read Great Expectations? Yes, I have. It's fucking boring. It's boring. I actually liked Great Expectations. Uh, Charles Dickens claims that it is his favorite book that he ever wrote, which makes me like Charles Dickens less. I'd read that in middle school. It took me fucking forever. Yeah. But all I remember about Great Expectations, I remember Meg, which the criminal at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I remember Pip. And I remember mm-hmm. Pip and Miss Havisham. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching this stuff with my housemates. And Miss Havisham shows up. And I'm like, that's a hot Miss Havisham. Because <laughs> you think Miss Havisham's going to be old and decrepit. I'm like, no, this is a, hey, how you doing, Miss Havisham? <laughs> you, should not, you should not want to bang a 98-year-old lady. On her decrepit wedding cake. <laughs> keys in her own wedding gown. And I'm like, and my housemate's like, you know who that is, right? And I'm like, who? And I'm like, oh my God, it's X-Files! 
Oh, it's Julian Anderson. Oh, man, she would be great as Miss Havisham. And so I looked it up, and I guess she got a lot of flack for being a really young Miss Havisham. Well, I guess technically in the book, the character's only supposed to be yeah. about 50 years old. Yeah. But because she's shut herself in and she treats herself yeah. ter- terribly, she's yeah. supposed to look like an old skeleton of a lady. Right. And so people, I guess, uh, took offense to the fact that somebody as young as... Jillian Anderson would play Miss Havisham. Hey, guess what? If you don't like it, watch any of the 50 billion what? other adaptations I of know Great Expectations. She is. She, her English accent was good enough that like, I didn't even recognize yeah. her for a minute. And like, it was... Anyway, that kind of threw me for a loop. Well, you know that she was born in England. Yeah. And then she moved Long back to, to have England. the accent? Because she does have well, a slight... Even, even her... Yeah. Even her English... No, I'm not. No, wait. There are some people where she does have like an affectation when she does speak, where it's a little like. See, the thing is, it's not almost like a continental accent. It's see, that's the thing. It's what happens when you're born in a place. You learn how to speak in an accent, and then you move away from it. And she kind of slurs her mouth a little bit. She's like, it's like my dad in Spanish. Like my dad cannot speak Spanish, but whenever he like manage it like accidentally says something in spanish his enunciation is perfect because he was born in mexico city like he, he left when he was three years old but he still like i forgot there's born in mexico city there's like there's this part of your dna and so people made fun of jillian anderson because she moved back to london and she picked up the accent again and everyone's like oh she's faking oh i'm like no that's what happens it's totally what as happens. As long as she's not like Madonna, where she's suddenly affecting like an English accent, like like not even English, but like that weird kind of like fake aristocratic, yeah. like you're trying to make fun of somebody from rich yeah. from England. Hello there. What I'm saying oh, is, poor Jillian Anderson. Oh, what's some... Yeah. What's all this then? What's all this? No, that's that. That's Pip. <laughs> what's all this then, Miss Havisham? Um, um, I. What's the name of the criminal in Great Expectations? Magwitch. No, motherfucker. What? I said it's Magwitch. Is it? Bill Sykes? Or am I confusing with something else? That's goddamn Pirates of the... Ki- not Pirates... Not, is that not Treasure Island? Bill Sykes is something from there. Wait, hold on. I gotta Google this. No. Wait. Uh, exciting radio while we Google... I'm pretty sure that Bill Sykes is the name of the guy from Great Expectations who's like... Pips. Oliver Twist! Oh, that's what I'm confusing Son with. Son of a bitch. I've, I need to read more Dickens and bore myself to death. I uh, tend to have crushes on people who play Bill Sykes. They're either really? really unappealing men or men who are totally my type. Oliver Reed played Bill Sykes. Tom Hardy played Bill Sykes. Wow. And they always look Did dead I fucking sexy when they play. with Oliver Reed in it? You told me about it at length. Yeah, Oliver Reed was crazy looking. He when, was he, when he was like 20? He was like um, barrel chested? Yeah. Man, uh-huh. he was he he would have been an anti-millennial breeding device. Yep. If you guys were let loose, I the pretty woods. much would have just stared at him briefly and immediately <laughs> become inseminated. That's all it would take. Well, so Eddie, what, what else happened? What else? We got a lot of stuff to go through, so we should. Well, we're moving pretty quickly. Uh, 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 raise. How was raise? Oh uh, yeah. So my wife and I have been pretty. My wife and I have been pretty excited because uh, our favorite Kiwi stunt woman Zoe Bell was involved. She produced and starred in this um, B grade horror movie called Raise. Where the premise? Oh, she produced. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she and she also did all the stunt choreography. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to see she's getting more stunt co- choreography work. Yeah. So it's a really terrible movie that we really, really enjoy. Shocker. Uh, yeah, I saw some of the reviews where everyone was just saying Zoe Bell's fantastic. Zoe yeah. Bell should be better stuff, but Ray's yeah. not very good. Ray's really bad. Yeah. I was actually totally on board with how bad it was until there were two elements that I really objected to. So, and I'll get to that. So. My wife and I have been unpacking our feelings about it at length, actually. 
it's the premise of this movie is that there is this society that kidnaps women and force and locks them in these underground chamber in these prison cells and then forces them to fight and if what they're fighting for is their families because their family they have these screens in their little cells their families have been taken hostage and they'll kill their families if these women don't fight to the death so um Zoe Bell is there and she's fighting for her daughter and there are all these other women. One of the women is actually Tracy Toms from Death Proof. Okay. Rosario Dawson shows up very briefly to be beaten to death by Tracy Toms. Oh, really? That's yeah. hilarious. She's almost unrecognizable because she's beaten to a is blood cult. Is this like one of those prison dramas where it's kind of sexualized and like it's... Well, see, that's is the it thing. Like, is it rough and tumble? It's women's really brutal. Stuff, or is it like... This is the thing that I kind of liked about it. It was... I'm not going to lie and say that... It wasn't vaguely sexual to me because if you show me a woman, a really built woman in a white tank top and sweat, gray sweatpants, I'm the sort of person where I'm I'm like, yes, that is sexy. But at the same time, it's that's why you're jerking it so sweetly while watching Prometheus (laughs) until she gets into the baby extracting machine. You're not wrong, actually. Oh my god, no. But no, it's like, but it's that's. But at the same time, that's not. It's obviously sexualized because it's a skin well, type. Yeah, but, but it's there's not a difference like... between like a fucking battle bikini top or something no, like that. No, it's not like it's not like who's the guy who did like faster pussycat kill kill where it's yeah. like it's not just out trying to be titillation and it just it's not an excuse just to have a bunch of half naked ladies on the screen. No, there's other and, stuff going on. You know, but it's... unfortunately it's a terrible movie though. Like... So the and the brutality is frankly about a little more brutal than I can handle. Mm-hmm. It was everything short of Viscera, but it's probably because they couldn't afford a lot Viscera. Of broken noses and arms. And yeah, shit. and like it's it was more than I can handle. I I can enjoy fantasy violence, but it was a little. It was how a little badly more than I does Rosario Dawson get beaten to death? Oh, pretty badly. Like, she's beaten to up. death, dude, no, by with someone's bare yeah. hands. So it goes. Out Is of it Zoe Bell? No, you said Tracy Tonks kills her. Yeah. Um. So it's like they. It's one by one. So it's it's a dumb movie, and the society doesn't make any sense. And what I really objected to is the ending was really like the literally the last five minutes. If I just I would I would actually re-edit it just to change the last five minutes because the last five minutes are so lame. But what I really liked about it, what it reminded me of in a weird way, in a roundabout way, was Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider game that came out. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation, yeah, I had a conversation with a friend where we were talking about how it was, and I think we've talked about it on the podcast that it was strange. That in that scenario, they uh, all these men on this island did not talk about her sexually. Like in that scenario, they would have. But yeah. as a woman, what do you mean? Just commenting our sex, or they're going to rape her? Like wh- wh- yes, like, yeah. both, all of the above. In that scenario, you would not have an island full of men who have not seen women for years and years and years, and That's not true. talk about her in some sort of sexual manner, at the very least. Yeah. But it was such a relief. I didn't even contemplate that actually. It was such a relief to be a woman playing that sort of game and have it just be an element of survival. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could essentially have taken that game and made. Um, her a man with no alteration. At some point in, in that Tomb Raider game, if maybe there were a couple some sexual charged moments to that game that may have got taken out after the producer's whole we want you to protect her and there was like sexism sure. allegations and stuff but like that. But my yeah. point is is that But yeah, whatever result end result is. For yeah. all intents and purposes, it was gender neutral and that was really appreciated by me because there's an element of fantasy in this stuff where as a woman that's shit you have to deal with every day passively yeah. and it is such a release and relief to consume media where that's not part. I mean, that's escape. So is that one of the good things about this movie, then? Well, let me get to it. Yeah. So, uh, 
having uh, for me one of the purest parts of things of escapism in summation is having women having to who can be sexual without their experiences being sexualized because that is just pure fantasy so um in this movie they do a really good job of that for the most part the some of the women it's implied that they are drunk they get drugged in bars and stuff but even Mm -hmm. then it's not it's more shanghai rather than like yeah yeah and um the uh I, I love the fact that even rapey can be an adjective but like you know, I, and you by know the way dude it actually makes me tense up every time you say that you can say assaulty or something please but you know don't what I mean, say but, like, but i got you i'm just saying there's that charge that though, word you know. is a trigger in of itself so um the there is one of the women in the jail of course is really kind of into it she's crazy she's a sociopath she's gonna kill everybody and they decide that the that way woman happens to be a midget the way <laughs> that they are gonna show part of her yeah. trying to manipulate the other women and trick them up and fuck with them is talking to them about sexual assault mm-hmm. and like accusing them of having been assaulted or talking about her own sexual assault. And it is the most unnecessary thing. Like, they do it to show how crazy she is. And, like, yeah. how she'll do anything. But it, it introduces an element that is totally not needed in the whole film. Yeah. That made me so uncomfortable that I was like, mm, that, Is that, that how it ends? No. Or that's just not She's just a character in it. Okay. Because the rest of the movie goes out of its way to not introduce that to these characters you could have a scenario of women being abducted i wonder if they add... keep that out of the rest of the movie just so it's supercharged when that character shows up see it's, like, it's oh my not God, it's not presented with that sort of oh. weight or gravity did you or see that like miss claudette the older black lady from like from haiti from orange is new black she got in a car accident the, no. the, the actress she yeah. got she was in a coma oh, for like most her. of december I don't know if, like, anyway, for some reason, you talking about race got me thinking about Orange is the New Black, and that's the movie that came out this week. Anyway, women's prison in stuff summation, yeah. race is not very good. Zoe Bell was really, one of the things that Foley and I talked about it later, it was like, it's really nice to see Zoe Bell in a movie where we're not just rooting her on, and like, we want her to do well, but she yeah. actually was pretty good at it. Like, legitimately, Aww. without caveats. So I hope it'll turn into something else for her. But yeah, the, the fight cinematography was super good. Super good. Cool, I'm glad to hear and, that. Uh, you know, it's if you like the idea of watching women beating the shit out of each other, then you should by all means get it. But it's not. It's. I would not have watched it if it were not starring. I've never gotten a boner from women punching each other. I think it's, it's cool. I love tough a, women. Or it's not like a that. boner thing I'm for just me. It's saying. just there's a type of um, there's a very particular type of women's empowerment, and it's a really tricky line to cross. There's the idea of empowerment through endurance very hard thing to manage. A movie that does it really, really well is... Um, well, going back actually, to the Tomb Raider stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually. Um, there's a Gemma Arterton movie called The Disappearance of Alice Creed that is a really good empowerment through endurance podcast, sort yeah. of movie. Yeah, Tomb Raider sort of thing. The whole idea of... Um, Technically, what's there's something about Mary is the same kind of thing because she's in having to endure all this, <sighs> these guys around her. Why do I even try to talk about these things in this podcast? I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, 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 Ray's go. was bad, but I liked it. Bill, what did you, else did you do? Uh, say something else you earnestly believe in so I can uh-huh. poke so you can make fun it of it. So uh, enough, boy howdy listeners have told me to try Brothers A Tale of Two Sons that I did try it. Um, oh, you tell me about this. Even Spoilers, though because I gotta play because Justin McElroy avoided that his game of the year this year. Yeah, and I I'm actually I bought it on sale. I did. I too. downloaded it. I, just I had it. Yeah. I just hadn't played it. I um 
And it had one of my favorite levels that I have seen in a game in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. There is a part in that game where you are wandering through a um, a valley that you realize is actually the site of a battlefield filled with dead giants. Oh, really? And navigating through that level... Does it take you a while to figure this out? It's not, like, apparent from the moment you walk in? Not really. Like, you see a dead giant, and then you realize there are more. Oh, that's nice. it's just, like, nice. a really nice... It's one of my... I may be one of my favorite levels. So I've it didn't take you too long to get used to the controls, because the controls bug me in the Oh, I, I still hate the controls. My brain like, cannot... the controls. You, you get used to it in five no. minutes. No, you don't. Like, no, fuck that I noise. almost finished the game. Yeah. So how long is it? Just like like two or three hours. Apparently, I'm almost done. See, I kept picking up. Somebody and putting said it down. you got to the last boss. I know. So let me finish. <laughs> so Jacob, uh, in his games of the year recap, said that Jacob he uh, he's a uh, I hate DRM. He's one of our listeners. Oh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. He he submitted his games of the year, and he one of the oh, things yeah, he right. said was um, I love you, Jacob. He said. Um, he hated brothers because he thought brothers handled women about it with about as much deafness as Bioshock oh, Infinite handled. I was like, what the hell's wrong with that guy? I'm just recounting for our listeners what happened. Before I finish my <laughs> sentence? <laughs> my I'm God! Previously on Buffy. <laughs> I want to be the guy, I want to be the voice at the start of every uh, television drama. <sighs> I'm like, hey, remember that? Oh, wait, no, stop. Go ahead. As Bioshock Infinite <laughs> handled race was the end of that sentence. Yes, okay. Uh, so there are two women in the game. One is your mother who's dead when the, show's, when the game starts. And the other is a woman who at first is a damsel that you save. She then seduces one of your characters. And then she becomes a giant spider monster. What? It was at the point that she became a giant spider monster that I turned off the game. Because it, it consumes three quarters of the screen. I'm like, you can go fuck yourself, video game. There's no way. This game that is obnoxious, that I don't actually like the controls of. Yeah. That has this terrible feeling. The game's going out of its way to piss you off at that point. And I can yeah. kind of guess where it's going. I'm guessing what the reveal is. I won't say on air and I won't say it to you in case oh, you don't play I, 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 I've, I've heard people talk about what the... Uh, go ahead. No, oh, I don't want to for our listeners that uh, stop it can i so, guess make my guess of what it is no because Either... yes bill i just said no by all means keep going uh-huh yeah turns out there are monsters living in your control i don't know <laughs> you Anyway, any game that has a giant spider in it, my philosophy is I either take off my glasses and squint so I can't see it, yeah. or I hand the controls to my wife. Well, this, these controls are so ass terrible and hard to understand. Oh, if you just gave that to Foley for what the, the hell, hell is this shit? What and are you doing to yourself for two hours? The spider is three quarters of the screen, so I can take off my glasses and squint, <laughs> but it's still this giant spider-shaped uh, arm. This is Boy Howdy, uh, <laughs> official review of Brothers Tale Two Cents. Uh, fuck Brothers a Tale Two Cents. <laughs> Uh, you, yeah, you know, actually, one of my jobs this week was actually designing a giant spider boss for was a video it? game. Yeah, no. it's, it was specifically supposed to be crossed between a spider, a crab, a couple different things. Yeah. We're supposed to be trying to make it gr as gruesome as possible. You're just—if you want to, you can test it on me and how much I. Oh, scream. that's a good idea. You know, I spent, no, fuck I, I've, I've spent this whole week like knee deep in spider reference stuff. Mm. Spiders are just kind of like. No, we can't. If we say the word too much, it gives them power. Bunny, fluffy bunny. Yes, fluffy bunny. So, speaking of spiders, um, I also played Don't Starve. Which the, I've only been exposed to because I watched your live stream of this. Yeah. Is that so, all that you've played? Was that live stream? Yeah. Oh, okay. I probably won't play anymore. It's not my sort of game, really. But it's the PlayStation the Plus play? yeah. free game right now. So uh, oh, I should download that. Yeah. 
it's funny because it really, I mean, I, I knew, but I didn't realize to the degree that it was just a resource management survival okay, sim. I'm going to download that right now. You should, my friend. And uh, there's really nothing else more to it. And that is just not the sort of game that I like to play. I enjoyed what little I played of it. And I enjoyed streaming what little I played of it. What I really kind of liked about it and found obnoxious at the same time was that it drops you in without any tutorial whatsoever. That seems like they're kind of aping Minecraft, not in just the fact that it's a resource management game, but like, yeah. pointedly not going to give you any tutorials. Yeah, and I'm sure there's amazing... Kind of, that's not the good lesson to take away from Minecraft. <laughs> well, you know, you can... The counter-argument is, oh, a sense of discovery, oh, you know, empowering the player to tell their own stories and find their own way. Also, you can argue that in both of those games, your character is... Um, really uh you are truly role-playing in that you're just a well, survivor you're trying yeah, to figure you're in out that how guy to trying to do the thing yeah like i totally get it even as i find it tremendously obnoxious why what what's what just the lack of tutorials yeah i'm like i don't want to have to figure out what to do oh bill just went into the playstation store and there's machete kids. When you go, why is the first thing when you fire up Oh, at least the first ad now is uh, Call of Duty Ghost. Yeah, for a long but time, now, there, it was either Anchorman 2. It's not even movies. Or, yeah. At least they're going to show uh, uh, the first thing you uh, log into PlayStation Network. Uh, uh, Machete Kills is not the worst thing. <laughs> Non-gaming <laughs> no, thing. No, I'm not objecting so to see uh, her in a, 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 a Michelle Rodriguez. Okay, I will download it. Or at least start the download, and I'll shut off the TV. I know this makes great radio. <laughs> okay. But yeah, PlayStation Plus. Oh, did you download, uh, uh, or at least uh, 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 register to download uh, Bioshock and Devil May Cry for the PlayStation 3? Those oh, no. Are, those are the two free... Uh, oh, I need to do Bioshock that Bioshock Infinite and... Infinite I, know, I own, but, uh, but Devil yeah, May Cry still... I want to play just oh. because I really liked Enslaved. Have you heard about same. some of the stuff? Yeah, exactly. And, and like, supposedly some of the, like, the level design and that stuff. There's supposed to be good stuff in that game. Yeah. yeah. I like those, those As designers. You, did, you, did you ever play the other Devil, uh, Devil May Cry games? No. First one was good. The other ones are. I'm not a big button smashy combo. Yeah, that's one of those games are kind of, but yeah, but yeah, from the people. What are those guys making now? I don't know. It sounds like Devil May Cry sucked a butt. Yeah, it didn't. I don't think it made any goddamn money. I hope they're doing well because I love. I Enslaved is one of my favorite games of the. Well, that's one of the things when uh, Dylan was talking about, like what games I was like maybe Enslaved, but that's there's the interesting story stuff in there, but like there's it's all runny jumpy mostly for the game. I should just direct her to a bunch of YouTube videos of cutscenes from video games. Like, you know what? Well, you know, with she's she's a smart enough person that she knows it's about as much the interaction as it is. Oh yeah, so. no, yeah, yeah. She's got patience for that stuff too. It's just yeah, she's not a Twitch gamer kind of person. Mm. Um, Broken Age. What else? So I play. Uh, Broken Age came out for speaking backers this of, week. And, yeah, speaking of games that uh, anyone can play. Yeah. Um, uh, so you did I, not beat Broken Age, though. I just played the first 45 minutes. Okay. And I'm really enjoying it so far. God, it's beautiful. You were jumping back and forth. Uh, can we talk about this? You know, I forgot that this game did not come out to everyone. It's, it's not in wide release. This, just, we're not going to talk so about spoilery stuff. Yeah. I was looking for our names in the credits last night, though, when I beat <laughs> it. I, it was scrolling so fast I could not Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure there are a lot of fucking names on that. But, um, so Broken Age, we can talk about things that are publicly known. You can, um, uh, you know this from the trailers and stuff, that it, there are two main characters, and you can actually jump between the two, kind of a la, um, a Day of the Tentacle. There's nothing in the game that kind of, like, prompts you to switch between the two, though. Well, at some point, and you there's... are prompted to go into your inventory screen, and it's in your inventory yeah, screen. Yeah, you can see the option to switch, but there's nothing, I've played through the game, and there's nothing in the game where they say, why don't you go check out this other person's to adventure? To be fair, the game never explicitly tells you to do anything. Yeah. It doesn't explicitly tell you about the 
uh, uh, inventory screen. But I here. really love how simple it is. It really is just yeah. a one button. Just like yeah. uh, inventory management is super simple. I gotta say, man, I'm really into one button games right now. Um, Shadowrun Returns is a one button game. Yeah. That's some good shit. I have seen people complain about Broken Age being, uh, the, the gameplay being too simple because it is just a one button, like it's really simple inventory management. Yeah. You like, you click and drag things out of your inventory yeah. onto the things you want to apply it to or people mm-hmm. in the environment you want to, you want the things in your environment to apply to. Uh, that's fucking awesome. And also yeah. people are like, I thought this game, there'd be a longer game, even though this is only the first half of the game. It's about four yeah. hours. It took me about four hours to beat this game. Man, this is actually, Broken Age is actually longer and more robust than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, even for a $3 million game, just like, as someone who actually does work on games, not entirely dissimilar to this, right. but I'm at least familiar with like the budgets for yeah. 2D games like this. Yeah. Like, indie games like this, and I'm like, I'm actually kind of surprised that this is as much of a game as it is. See, that's the thing. People kept going, man, $3 million. $3 million is not a lot of money. Well, I was looking, it seemed like they had a crew of about 30 people on this game. Mm -hmm. And if you're paying everyone, like, Mm -hmm. assuming it's, like, freelance fees where everyone's getting, like, anywhere from, from like, $50 to $100 an hour working there, and you got 50 people working on this game for two years, mm-hmm. That that's that's got to be more than $3 million. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's, I mean, they, they the way um, Double Fine works is they have teams and they kind of cycle resources across teams. Yeah. Oh, that's so right. That's yeah, why yeah, they yeah, have to have yeah, but like, well, multiple... What are they paying people but still, for free? What if you have to pay people full-time to live and work yeah. in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do that for any, regardless of video games or anything, yeah. and you're going to pay those people for two years to work on anything, that is going to be more than $3 million. Yeah, yeah, easily. And I mean, the game is quality. Yeah. Like, it's fully voiced. It's got full I didn't know orchestrated it was fully, music. See, I didn't, I, once I backed it, I went out of my way not to read anything about the game. I never watched any of the mm-hmm. uh, backer videos. Mm-hmm. Have you watched any of the two-player productions videos? I watched, the like, the first five of them. Are they available to download directly? Because... I know as a backer, you're entitled to downloads of that stuff, but I didn't see an option to download that. Because now that I played the first half of the game, I'll watch that yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I can't remember where it is, because like I said, I only watched the first. I'm sure it's first... on YouTube and stuff like that, too. But Well, they tried to not, because it's only for backers. Oh, okay. So... Um, but I thought there would be a download. I know but... they're all on Vimeo, and I bet you can download... I don't yeah, think download... you can download them and fun... Yeah, no, so... uh, Broken Age. Had no idea it was going to be fully voiced. Yeah. Some great voices in there, yeah. too. Uh, did you meet the wolf yet? I am barely into it at all. I like yeah, you really barely... haven't played that much. I played about 45 oh, no, well, the other thing it. is, too, you are bouncing back, back and forth between the yeah. two characters. Yeah. It seems like the way I played, and it seems like the same way a lot of other people played, they picked the guy first, the mm-hmm. guy in the spaceship. Yeah, Maybe I was saving that's the, the girls Because that's for the last. most video gamey kind of experience. Like, well, see, my thing was, like, guy, I always save the girls for last, just because that's the one that I want to save her. So what do you think of the girl? Vela. She's great. I really like She's her. weird. A little freaked out by the fact she's female and dark skinned. That's a little bit too much for me. A double go. whammy. It's trying to be some fucking gone home shit. She's going to be gay Dracula too. Uh, Did you see the dorkly gone home? Gun home video? Now it's a gay. <laughs> so good. Oh so good. God. Did you see the thing where if you, um, this is actually completely unrelated, but like one of the Far Cry games, they changed it so like if you download a, like a ripped copy, like a legal copy of it, it works perfectly, except instead of bullets, you shoot chickens. <laughs> I saw both of those things the same afternoon, and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. But yeah, no, the gun oh, home yeah. thing is fantastic. Gun oh, yeah, Polygon so voted gun. We, this is part of the show notes, but yeah, Polygon voted gun home as their game of the year, and everyone yeah. shit their lids. Yeah. Which, yeah, good to those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that, like, uh, Steve and Carla posting pictures from the Steam development 
Yeah. Going up and uh, up and up in Seattle this weekend too. That was very yeah. cute. What else? What happened? Um, Broken Age. Yeah. So Broken Age, beyond being fully voiced and have a beautiful orchestral score by Peter McConnell. Oh I did this not know orchestra. They got like the Australian orchestra to play this and music. Peter McConnell is one of my favorite favorite musicians working games. He he was uh, one of the um, music guys at LucasArts back yeah, in the day. He, oh, so I he did Grim Fandango. He did Full Throttle. I mean, he did. All, I mean, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. God damn it! He did he do the music job. for Bully? No, that's Sean Lee. What's that guy doing? Working I on Bully him. Two. He needs to score Star Wars. He actually did say two years ago he was working on Bully Two. So oh, okay, there you go. Anyway, uh, yeah, but it just looks so beautiful. It's like an oil painting come to life. Yeah, love the oil pastel look. Yeah. Oh my god! It was Colors funny because so a couple months ago, uh, uh, some of the Double Fine guys were just streaming themselves just working at work, working mm-hmm. on Double Fine. And I wa- actually watched the one, whoever designed. There's an old grandpa character. Yes, I love yeah, the grandpa from the girls part yeah. of the game. And like I remember, I got to see him draw that character. It took yeah. him like four hours, but like like he was putting together all the pieces for like you know here's the head, here's the body, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, I remember like him, this guy drawing this like six months ago. Like, yeah. Yeah, really but yeah, no, the, the fucking. Oh god, it's drawn so prettily, and especially I got this brand new computer which has the Retina. Dis- I got a, a, a MacBook Pro with Retina display, yeah. which is super HD, and yeah. like that. I was like, oh, yeah, I was playing at home on that, my, oh, my twenty seven inch computer. Oh, see, I want to, I want to kick that out to my TV and see yeah, what it looks should. like. Yeah, the score is great, and yeah, it's not the most complicated in the world because even in, for adventure games, the most of the puzzles in the game, there's not that many pieces to the puzzles. It's usually to go after this one person. They want one thing, you trade them, and you, you know, take it's. It's a big trading sequence. That's what mm-hmm. most of the game is. But it's still... I just like being in that world. Mm-hmm. And there's not, like, a lot of game, game, game to that game. Yeah. Well, see, I think but the, it's just uh, such a fucking pleasant experience. It's still interactive, and it's just... Huh. I think, for me, my favorite aspects of adventure games were not so much solving puzzles. It was being in the world and participating with those characters. That's yeah. why The Walking Dead was so successful to me, and that's why The Cave was not. Well, that's the thing, like... uh Walking Dead was still there's not that much game stuff to The Walking Dead. There's yeah, a couple action parts that's what I'm saying. and stuff like that, but like that was mostly just conversation yeah. and talking. And so, what about the cave? The cave was kind of bunk. The, no, but my point being that cave, the cave had a world and had characters to it, but it was primarily a puzzle game. And it was also kind of a clunky one at that too. This is the other thing. This is the most uh, well technical, uh, technical, technically, technically well put together Double Fine game I've played. Granted, it should be because it's not really that technically difficult. But like, there's no bugs. There's nothing I can walk away and say from a ga- from from a game design perspective. It's kind of clunky. Like, no, it's well written and it works. Are you comparing this just to the cave and to um, Brutal Legend? Uh, Brutal Legend. Because did you have problems with Costume Quest? Costume Quest were just like weird UI decisions uh-huh. and clunky controls. Uh-huh. Where everything just from like a production point of view because kind of feels off. I mean, graphics and music and everything look look fine. But just like there's. Double Fine games, ever since they've gone 3D... Well, I, that Double Fine's always been 3D. I'm thinking more Tim Schafer. But Double Fine games have always been great writing, great graphics, great sound, but there's always been mechanically some kind of issues with the game. Mm-hmm. Either it's gameplay or, or it's controls are funky or something like that. Even stacking was a little clunky in parts. Hmm. And they're also known to be very glitchy games, too. And so, well, I've, and I've seen supposedly uh, again Justin McElroy his review for uh, Broken Age for Polygon actually did mention that there were a bunch of scenes where the background just dropped out and just turned mm-hmm. into black. And I saw Tim Schafer on Twitter was like, 
we're gonna fix that before the game comes out for like yeah, wide this release. Is technically, yeah, like an alpha. Yeah, this is yeah, this is still they have time mm-hmm. to patch it before I get it, before they actually start selling it to people. But um, yeah, see, I had no problems with this game. I to be fair, I will say this from the caveat that my wife and I have been playing Battlefield Four and have not encountered any glitches <laughs> in that either. You guys are just lucky. But we're very lucky, I guess. Aww. Um, but uh, uh, I have never experienced glitching in Double Fine games except for Psychonauts. Psychonauts that had the some, cave. We had some uh, crash. Dylan and I. The game. Yeah, crashed. you guys were telling me about how the cave crashed so badly it absolutely ruined your experience with it. Yeah, it crashed. It crashed a good three or four times. Which I can totally understand because I've had like games locked too where I'm up like, my console, walked like, away. Yeah, you know that happened to me and um, I see the old Republic two on my original Xbox. Yeah, but yeah, the cave was actually badly enough put together that like we we kind of like not regretted playing it, but we were like, well, why did why did this come out like this? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, uh, Broken Age is just one of the most beautiful. God damn! I backed it for a hundred dollars. I have only played. What do you get for a uh, shirt, um, poster, uh, access to the forums and the video you get a wolf soundtrack. Suit. Uh, early copy of the game, and I can't remember what else. Yeah. It was a long time ago that I backed it, but um, I even just the forty-five minutes I played. Mag is funny too. The forty, the hundred dollars. Characters. I know it's so shifty. You expect it to be funny, but stuff last night I was like, "That's." I thought I was gonna get the finished sentence there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, there's other funny bastards. Dylan also, you know what? There's other parts of the game. Dylan also pointed out one sexually weird part of the game that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wait until you get there and actually the game gets out because I want everyone else's perspective. Maybe I'll wait for a month from now. People have to remind me and go back about some kind of like kind of weird sex joke that seems to be in the game that like you may not get that Dylan had to point out to me that when I bumped into it last night I was like yeah that is kind of not a devil fine sex joke that like is really kind of like trying to go over I don't know anyway uh, the other game I played is that Bill finally got me to play Fire Age Awakening <laughs> or excuse me Broken Age or no fuck Broken Age Fire Awakening Fire Emblem yes. Awakening there we go <laughs> woof uh, yeah just it only took me a whole year I feel like an idiot because I didn't you kept describing it in the ways that sounded the least compelling possible to me because you kept describing it like XCOM and XCOM is not interesting me yeah for people who don't know Fire Fire Emblem Awakening is the 3DS game strategy game that came out last year I didn't know I didn't make the connection because I couldn't remember the name of it I didn't know this was the last in a series of games that have gone on since the Game Boy Advance that were kind of a spiritual sequel to the Shining Force games that were on the Sega Genesis and I did not have a Genesis back in the day see I didn't play that stuff so I have no frame of reference for that Mm -hmm. go ahead oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I didn't have a Genesis back in the day, but when I started getting into um, games a little more, I got an emulator and the Shining Force games, and mm-hmm. I really liked them. I mean, it's Fire Emblem. That's all it is. Yeah. The only thing, they, they didn't have the teaming up thing. Well, it's like what, isometric, battlefield, yeah. grid-based. Yeah, so it's basically, it, the tactical element is just that, it, it's essentially just a tactical RPG in that it's turn-based, and you can equip your characters and their stats, but um, the the strategy comes from you have an, a world map, and you can maneuver your characters in this grid, and uh, you take turns with the enemy. So it has, like, kind of an element of chess Yeah, other people would argue that, like, also, like, uh, other big games like this are, like, Tactics Ogre and Final Fantasy Tactics yeah. and stuff like that, too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I loved Shining Force, and I didn't know that this was basically just another Shining Force game. Had I really... See, my, only, my only reference was the XCOM game, because yeah. that XCOM... That oh, was yeah. the first tactical uh, role-playing game I'd ever played on a console, and that, sure. just, that just came out a month before Fire Emblem, and it was actually people... I, I And I, I bought XCOM on the Xbox 360 on 
a whim because I it was like I always wanted to get into the genre, but sure. like they've never put out for consoles, so I bought it because it was also getting great reviews. Yeah, I was like oh, this is actually a really good game. And then yeah, a month later, Fire Emblem comes out. And I always I was like I've always heard good things about Fire Emblem, mm. and if this was like a portable XCOM, I'd be down with that. And I got really fucking sucked in. Yeah, until so when trying to explain the game to you, and I know you'd had played XCOM. Mm-hmm. That was my only frame of reference to say it's like XCOM except it's fantasy. I totally also, get everyone what you're talking get about. Married and stuff. <laughs> Which is the I most totally important get, part, yeah. I totally get why you would go to that place, but to me, or as I see, um, XCOM to me is a tactic game with RPG elements as opposed to being an RPG with strategy elements. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. And that's where the difference is for me. Because well, also, you... XCOM's a Western game, too, and Shining Force and Fire yeah. Emblem are Japanese, and it's kind of a different kind of thing. Very much so, it's different sense. A little more story-centric, character-centric, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, as Bill has talked about at length, and I'm sure y'all have all heard about what makes... Um, this game unique is that you can on the battlefield you can literally put characters either side by side so they fight together and build a relationship or you can actually team them up to yeah. essentially be one unit. See this is the thing I forgot to even mention to you because I was telling you like well it's this tactical game but you can match people up together and they become mm-hmm. friends and stuff like that and it was funny you were sitting here playing last week and you were like oh you can match like you can actually group people together like mm-hmm. as a unit and it was funny yeah. like like I didn't explain that that well but it's funny to, like, hearing you actually experience this stuff for the first time in the game you're like oh that's clever and I was like oh yeah no that's that's what I'm talking about now well because before that I had been had characters just standing next to each other in the squares yeah. and you get a similar bonus but they're but not a can... unit combined unit yeah. together where they actually start becoming like their best friends yeah. if they're or same lovers. gender but yeah yeah so, but yeah, it's it's really really cute and, and it's huge fun. roster I, of characters. See, this is the thing. I almost wish it was a smaller roster just so that there could be a richer relationship experience between yeah. characters because it's pretty shallow. Like you can, your characters can have four combina- conversations together that allow them to potentially go up to being lovers, and you can stumble across them having conversations in the barracks. But that's about that's the extent of the depth of it. Yeah. And I wish I wish that there were fewer characters just so they could deeper, do it. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things because like, I think that counted. There are forty four characters in the game yeah which is pretty crazy that each yeah. com- each possible combination of those 44 characters has a unique yeah p- you know like path yeah. of the, their the relationship it's growing nuts. together but that does mean like each, yeah it's only like four steps of that relationship exactly yeah but it's still that's pretty but yeah if there was like 12 characters what game is it reminding me of just in the shit would be was it what was the ps1 era game that was was it sukoden sukoden I've always heard about this games, but I've never played them. It kind of reminds me. Yeah, I apologize for. I've always the heard name, on, but... on podcasts. I've always heard for people pronounce that Suikoden. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh. but uh, it's it that... kind of it, it was it's the same thing that had that same depth of character like roster. Yeah, like they're always like there are eighty characters, but well, yeah, this whole friendship thing is very unique. Well, the reason the only reason they give you that many characters in this game is if you, if you're playing the game as it should be, you're playing on an easy. I think I either played it on easy or normal. What you're supposed to pl- you're supposed to play is on hard, where it's permadeath. You have a character yeah. who dies; they die from the game. So the game is intentionally throwing you crazy amounts of fresh, brand new characters, just expecting that you're that you're yeah. going to be losing characters. Yeah, because yeah, if you only had six, like like a dozen characters in the game, yeah, like you would you would have to go through the whole game without losing anyone. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they give you like almost which is like it's an interesting sort of thing because it it makes it kind of in a way it's gonna sound dumb when I say that but it adds that element of realism to it where it's like it is genuinely a multi year war that these people are going through yeah, and you lose cool, people yeah. along the way which is an interesting concept. Yeah, because people grow, like they they grow up they they have babies together yeah. like yeah. 
it's, it's a neat little game. I'm glad I finally played it, Bill. I'm sorry. I did, like, literally do everything short of clubbing. Well, you had, like, you had actually borrowed my 3DS once before because I downloaded it, so I didn't have a cartridge Oh, that's right. You. I did play, like, the first five minutes. This is what so we discovered like, last week because you fired up. You are like, oh, I, I have a save file. This you played, like, the first hour of it, and you are like, meh. But because you were stuck here because we couldn't record, yep. you had nothing else to do, and you are like, well, I'll give Fire Emblem another try. And that's actually once you got into the... The, the, the gameplay mechanics that I like yeah. so much you were like oh I can see oh you were like oh this is cute and you were like oh this is actually pretty good and you are like yeah. oh this is okay I'll keep on playing <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of funny so yeah I, I but you know you guys have heard me at length talk about how much I really just like relationships and character in games and this is a game where literally relationships and character are the currency that the whole game operates on yeah so. which uh, I'm supposedly when these guys were making this game the Fire Emblem series had been kind of going downhill in terms of popularity mm-hmm. And according to Nintendo, they said uh, uh, Nintendo had gone to the developers of these games and said, "Okay, this this is going to be your last Fire Emblem game. We're going to give you a chance to make one more, but we think this is going to be it." So supposedly, the developers went out of their way to pull out all the stops for this game. Yeah, and which is great. Supposedly, that's they said that's even why it's called Awakening because it's supposed to be like oh. you're awakening from the dream of this Fire Emblem thing that's happened so long. Yeah. So if this is going to be the last game, you're like waking up from this dream that we've yeah. provided to you over the course of the last 15 years of this franchise. Right. right. Now they're like, "Well, no, I guess we get to make." Hooray! But does that mean in the future, like this, this reason why this game is so popular? As uh, mechanically, it is good. Yeah. But this game's calling card is that relationship thing. I hope yeah. they keep that. You know, yeah. I hope this isn't just a one-off thing they do for this one game. Absolutely. Because Nintendo is famous for like for for some of its franchise, they'll come up with some kind of crazy gimmick for one game in a franchise, and then, and then ditch it. it for the next one. Yeah. And this is one thing I'd like to see. Yeah. Like grow. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, interesting. it's an interesting thing. Yeah. It's worth evolving and it's worth exploring. I'm, I'd be curious There's to see more games, games did it. Like yeah. where it's like a technically profi- like it's a mechanical mechanically complex game but with story and character actually becoming a part yeah. of. It's sort of like elevator conversations and, and Mass Effect. And yeah, I always wanted there bit. to be more of that and like a way for me to see my character. That's one of the things that's always frustrating me about Bioware games is that I don't want to... One of the things that Dragon Age um, fixed with their whole camp system mm-hmm. was the idea of you could come across characters interacting with each other. Because one of the... F- I, I, I hate these games where it's all about you and your character and you don't get a sense of the community. Yeah. And especially when you're about a team, you should see the team functioning as a team. And I liked that if Bioware could steal anything, I'd want them to totally steal that and build up this whole thing. Especially like a Mass Effect game that's essentially just this, but in the Mass Effect universe where you have like a squad of mm-hmm. like this this could be your n7 crew yeah like on your ship like on the normandy or i see like where that. it's a, a it's a huge amount of work and b if you introduce the element of choice like in those games you can have whatever members of the party you want yeah so it's it could see all the difficulties around it and you have to like build all these contingencies but yeah it's a really neat mechanic have you gotten part of fire emblem where you can start figuring out how to, to change classes and stuff like that no yeah, that 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 actually that once you figure that out, too, you're like, oh, suddenly I can make these characters gradually make them any other kind of class and stuff. That That's pretty see. cool. Um, I had another profound thing, but I forgot what I was gonna say. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? You so, like Fire Emblem? That's all the I care about. And all right, friends, we're gonna take a quick break and come back for the Geek Week in review. Woo! <laughs>
everybody, we're back, and it's time for the Geek Week interview. Uh, on Thursday, I'm Hunger Game 2, jokes Bill, beats out Iron Man 3. I'm comes. Hungry Games 2. Oh, excuse me, Bill, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me say your joke better. I'm Hungry Games 2, beat out Iron Man 3 to become the top-grossing movie released in 2013, which is the first time the year's top-grossing movie starred a person who looks like a cat since The Exorcist <laughs> 40 years ago. The actual statistic is it is the first time a mo- top-grossing movie has been at ha- a woman. Yeah, late. it's unfortunate it only cleared that like a, like a week or two after the New Year's, because otherwise it could take 2013's top-grossing movie. Yeah. Now they have to say the top-grossing movie released in 2013, yeah. because, yeah. But no, that's... Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's congratulations, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. You look like a cat. You had 2013's most popular movie. Good job. Then, no, that's right. I keep on confusing uh, Hunger Games. That did not start off as Twilight fan fiction. No, you're confusing it with... Uh, uh, Twilight. No, wait, what's um, Twilight start uh, off as fan fiction of? Shades of Grey. Shades that's of Grey started as Twilight Isn't that coming out next year, too? It's I'm funny. not. As soon as the Shades of Grey movie comes out this year, this will be like the third echo of, like trying to capitalize on Harry Potter stuff with, like, kind of this, like, yeah. adult romance kind of, like, between, like, Twilight and the fair, Hunger Shades Games of Grey is capitalizing on the Harry Potter fanfiction phenomenon. <laughs> Wait, who's in Shades of Grey? I have no have idea. Have you read dude. Shades of Grey? No, you know what? I have read... So, I've been having a really stressful time, as y'all know, and yeah. my... I've been trying to drink less. <laughs> so, my coping uh, mechanism at work has been... That is... Um, that is that, that's, that, that's how you know you're an adult, when you have to say, yeah, I'm trying to drink less, seriously, it's fucked up. Well, alcoholism gallops in my family, and I yeah. know I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I am drinking right now because I want to get blitzed and not think. Yeah. That's when you say, maybe don't have any alcohol that's for That's how I'm like with Dark Souls. So, the, uh, my coping mechanism at work has been sunflower seeds. I started sucking on sunflower seeds. I'm my boss teased me. She says I sound like a little bird. I was say you're gonna poop like a bird. Now. Yeah, little so sun, sun, sunflower seed logs. I've got a, a vintage salt cellar on my desk filled with sunflower seeds, Aww. and then I have a, a friend of mine used to work at a shop or for a design firm that made things for Spencer's gifts. Yeah, so, like, she was showing me this one design that she did for fart in a can. Like, that kind of shit. <laughs> Her job was to make those labels and stuff and do yeah. the industrial design for it, believe it or not. So, anyway, oh, she gave me one of the things she designed, which was a small plastic cup that's all pink and obviously made for a child's birthday party with a kitty cat on it. And so I've had that at my desk, and I've u- it has become my spent seed receptacle. So it's just filled with spitty, splintered sunflower oh, seeds. Awesome. I'm disgusting. I really am. It's like your spittoon fed for seeds. Yes, yeah. it actually is my spittoon. Thank you. Those are what I was looking for. Yeah. So that's my coping mechanism at work. My coping mechanism. How not are we talking about this. Well, we're talking about. We're, you're asking me how I've not read. Uh, Shades of Grey. Okay. And I'm getting to it. My coping mechanism not at work is I've been reading a lot of dirty books lately. Um, I'm pen pals with a lady who Wouldn't listens... Wouldn't frustrating, though? If you're at work and you can't beat it, well, reading well, dirty not books? Read, I'm not... It's when I'm not at work. Ah, okay, 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 okay. And also, dirty books... There's a difference between dirty books and erotica, and I'll get to that in a second. I've actually been wanting to talk about this on Ladylike, but it's not quite... Talking about heterosexual romance novels is not quite okay, the yeah. thing for it. And I have no interest in talking about it to you, because you're no, not going to have this conversation. It. So, anyway, oh, cool. the, um, I've read a lot, I'm, I'm pen pals with this lady who, um, listens to a ladylike, and she was, she's, she's like, well, if you ever read one any, read any het books, I can make some recommendations for you. Mm-hmm. And so she did. And she and I kind of, like, she kind of is in on something, like, I like Brutes and stuff, so she recommended this one series of 
brute books. And I'm like, all right, I'm into this. And then I kind of fell down this rabbit hole of all these Br- other books. What, brute hat books? Yeah. Okay. There aren't any brute lesbian books. I wish there were. Are they, well, so is it, is it a big brutish guy and like kind of a willowy girl? Not always a willowy girl. What's really interesting in these books is that the woman is barely described. Rarely, if ever, described. Well, is this is this erotica written for women? So yeah. Then they can, then, well, it's th- not th- erotica. Th- There's a difference well, you know, between but, 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 erotica and dirty, dirty book books. written for ladies, so they're projecting themselves on it. Yes. that's why you don't want to. Very much, too much so, which yeah. is interesting because in is it ever is it ever ahead, like Bill. first person or like second person Sometimes. where it's talking what's happening to you? Like, uh, you get oh books. no, I have not read a book like that. yet. Because you think that would be if you're gonna write erotica, it's all uh, third person, dirty books for women. It's usually well, for anybody, actually. Yeah. Well, when you think about the classic romance structure, the classic romance structure is third person biased and mm-hmm. you pump you jump in point of view from both protagonists okay, yeah. that's the classic structure um which can be really annoying give you whiplash most of these tend to be um uh uh third person biased towards one character only so they're okay, usually yeah. from the woman's perspective so it's the woman perceiving this man who's like this mystery and blah 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 yeah but anyway i didn't think about that like uh, the, actually the occlusion of information kind of works in yes, that because, because exactly. if you're trying to create a mysterious exactly lover but it's interesting because we've been i've been reading a lot of romance novels over the last year but they've all been lesbian romance novels so it's you know they describe both women both women are part of the scenario yeah and these het books it's so funny the woman may the as well party's be all about you it's the woman may as well be like a paper bag for all the book cares about it it's like and i actually i wrote this one lady this woman named kara mckenna who wrote a lot of these brute books i wrote her a fan letter yeah because um i'm like you write these brute books and it's great and i really like it she wrote this one called after hours that i really liked that i thought was actually really nicely paralleled to my favorite ladylike book a book Uh called the night uh the night off and um i wrote her this long fan letter and at the end of it i wrote because she's written some books that are about threesomes and stuff, too, but it's always two dudes and a lady. Mm-hmm. And I wrote her at the end. I was like, by the way, if you ever feel ever... I know not everyone is as broad on the Kenzie scale as I am, but if you ever want to write a book about two ladies, please do. I have a podcast we'll get all over it. And please write about a lady brute, because I yeah. really want to read a book about a lady brute. And um, she wrote back, and she answered everything that I said, except for that point, when I said it. And I was thinking about it. It was like, literally, the whole point of all of her books is that boys are great. And I agree. Because the women are barely present. Barely present. They're Would there. you know how to write a two-lady book? Then? That's the thing. I'm like, the even women... Even aside from lesbian, like, her knowing knowing about lesbian sex or anything aside. Beyond like, that, Just it's even, like, like, yeah. The politics. It's so, f- well, so funny, because it's, I was thinking about it. Like, obviously, the women is present during the sex scenes and stuff. Yeah. But it's, and, like, women's pleasure is a big part of it, because it's all about part of that fantasy, right? But, yeah, I was like, man, you, I don't think you could describe two women if I dared you to. Bill just remembered he left the heater on. Yeah. So sorry about that. So it sounds like there's been a vibrator going on. That's why we're talking about dirty books. Exactly. So anyway, you'd think that during my my perusal of dirty books, I would have hit across Fifty Shades of Grey, but I have not. Because really, I am fussy. Mm -hmm. You're fussy about everything. I am fussy about everything. Especially when it comes to entertainment. So I can say this on this podcast. I can't say this on Ladylike. We've read a lot of bad books lately. And the book we're reading right now is terrible. (laughs) Guys, the what's whole the, point of the, the Ladylike Book the Club, book? What's the, the book? whole point of Ladylike Book Club is that we celebrate books. 
and we're always talking about the positive because it's all about normalizing the genre because there's not a lot of options. Yeah. In het books, there are literally millions of options. If you skim the top 0.01% of, there's still thousands of books in lesbian romance novels and they're only like, literally, they're probably about maybe 20,000. You're taking a charter tour of a very small ever. neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? You can't necessarily be choosy. But So we're, our whole point is that we totally are going to be positive it's also frankly a small community it is entirely possible that an author could be listening we want to have a positive engaging conversation it's getting harder and harder to do oh man well it's like and like i've enjoyed i've enjoyed all the books this book we're reading right now is hard for me is this about the zookeepers lesbian zookeepers because you think that'd be great that would be great actually i would read that um well uh, do i have to pay you to write my uh romance novel called ink and paint which is about a girl you, at the That's a department. really good idea. It doesn't though. have to be straight. It could be gay. It could be anything. But yeah. you, you gotta have the title it's right there. It's a kind of perfect. And the is like even that would like... actually be a really good dating sim when you I... think about it. Because you could do it like kind of in the style oh of Ink and Paint. I need to fucking copyright this Ink and Paint idea. All I have to do is like send, my letter, send myself a letter saying write a uh, uh, romance game or book about Ink and Paint. It'd be a really Because think about it. You're in the Ink and Paint department. It's full of all these characters. They're there every day. You have an excuse to interact with like them. girls are kind of like kept apart from the guys guys but yeah. they still kind of work together yeah and the girls actually tracing the guy's stuff and they're kind of like you know, they're holding hands like no yeah. you trace like this. It's, <laughs> it's totally it would they be a murder walt disney and i have to hide the body visual novel but uh, i i i have not read any it's really bad books yeah. all the books i've read have some, had some redeeming qual- value and frankly the books have all been pretty well written which i i do like books that are you know i want to read a book that's engaging and written that just happens to have yeah. sex in it what's really funny is that all the dirty books i've read none of them i would really qualify as erotica what's it's erotica then? What's, what's erotica the to me and this may be my fine distinction i feel like erotica the end point of erotica is to get off yeah and you can see, I would think just even from the names, you see, think dirty books that would be the twenty. Whereas erotic well, is supposed to have some kind of like it's literary merit. Whereas dirty is, books is, that, is just about you just getting juicy. See, I don't know, man. It's interesting. I'm trying to, I'm trying to navigate. You this have in a my thesis brain. that's doing. It is, yeah. Because it's like I feel like these books have sex, and they'll have explicit sex. And well, dirty books. Not... Are you suggesting with dirty books, it's more just a book that has to be dirty? Whereas erotica, that's the point. Is like. Can dirty books just be a passive story about sex that's not necessarily centered around the reader about getting them off? Could still have hot stuff in there. We talked about erotica this on is specifically a bit. targets the reader trying know. to get your uh, your shit off. Well, see, the thing is, is that we talked about this a little bit on Ladylike, where we had a someone, a dude who was writing a lesbian relationship, and he's like, "How do I make sure that this is not exploitational?" Yeah. And what I what somebody we, at wrote you guys about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And basically, what we came down to was, if the goal of a sex scene is to get the reader off, then you're it's being it's exploitative. It's yeah. not. If the goal of a sex scene is to get the characters off, then you're you know it's that's the difference. Wait, it's exploitative if you're trying to get the reader off. Yeah. If Why? you're if the primary goal, if the number one goal of a scene is to get the reader off, then you're Why exploiting the characters. That, well. That- Oh, because it's not about the characters anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's from that really, perspective, I can see that. Yeah, if you were to sum it up on, in a postage stamp, that's what it is. So, hmm. um, the uh, uh, I was going somewhere and I can't remember. Anyway, you have a lot of deep thoughts about this. Stuff. This is something I've 
been thinking about a lot lately because I've been reading these books. You're doing, the, you're, books. you're doing the Annie is tired of thinking kind of like rubby face. Kind of like, <laughs> uh, I have thoughts, but I just haven't formed them well enough to give. Well, birth it's to interesting. Them. We always, yeah. when growing up, my mom read a lot of romance novels, and we would tease her about it. And we, in my family, we called them TRNs for trash romance novels. And uh, she would always say, "Well, these are books with sex in them, but I don't read them for the sex, and I skip the sex." And I would always, we'd always laugh at her. And here's the thing: I don't skip the sex, but it's not you're not reading it to get off. Yeah. It's a, not in like a well, that's what I was saying. It's not. A, it's not necessarily about the sex. Well, but it is at the same time. I don't know, man. I've got a whole thing. I got to think about this. Somewhere. It's almost like the human uh, spirit is divided between the, uh, the the body and the spirit, and that's also going to be. There's always going to be tension there between you f- trying to physically get someone turned on by it, work of story stuff mm-hmm. work of literature mm-hmm. versus just being engaged on the story on like a head from mm-hmm. from, from an intellectual perspective well it's interesting because I feel like there's I don't know I don't know I feel very differently because there to me there is a difference between I'm, this I basically I guess likely, I'm, maybe to be more accurate I should yeah. say it's like the difference between porn and erotica because maybe it what, is that what, these are what, erotica. How do you define the difference between those two? Well, so it's the whole thing of, like, things with sex or things to get the consumer off. Whereas porn is more explicitly to get the consumer off. Erotica is more is about... Is there that much in the way of women's porn still? You would know. There's porn. There's a whole porn for women movement. Yeah. Usually it's, like, is about alternative body for types. for lesbians? There's, I mean, there's I stuff there's like there's gotta Crash be some, but I don't know if there was... There are some alternative lesbian things. Yeah, okay. But it's another... The thing with porn is that, you know, everybody's got their weird buttons. And porn is all about finding the thing that presses your buttons, right? And, again, it's kind of like lesbian romance novels where it's like once you get niche, then you're getting less and less likely to hit your buttons within that niche. So it's, you know, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky road to hoe. But, uh... So you could probably more reliably find... Uh, heterosexual dirty books that would get you off as opposed to... Well, and again, I'm not reading these books to get off. But I've Erotica, find, let's put it I can find dirty het books that are well-written with engaging characters a lot more easily than I can find them. So wait, the lady always uh, writes, it's, it's always the lady with two guys? I guess that makes sense. If no. It's supposed to be het stuff. The, the, when the she writes threesomes, it's two dudes and a lady. Man, I can't imagine as a, as a lady getting one to get stuff like two guys at the There's same time. There's a thing she does. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. This happened. She's. I've read like maybe ten of her books now. <laughs> Only ten of her books. In two of her books, they're about threesomes. Uh huh. Two dicks and a vagina. And both every what? time, I'm like, that is the literally the least appealing concept also, in the world. The guys, to me. Are the guys like sitting on each other's asses with their legs like spread? And it's so upsetting. Like kissing these assholes. Always be books that I really like, and I'm enjoying the characters and everything. And her whole thing is that Whoa. her approach to sex is very realistic. There's lube, there's condoms, and everything. And then there's two dicks and a badge. Did you I ask know her it's if she possible. Well, who knows? I'm not gonna be. I, you, I'm not technically it's possible. Bill, did you ever become Peter Pan in, in a world with pirates? Oh, you should and... see my Hogwarts fan fiction. <laughs> where, oh my god. It's just so, so Foley the other day, she had to go, go in, I have this all on my Kindle. Foley had to go into the Kindle app and uh, to read the ladylike book. I'm now Googling two dicks. Oh god. One vagina, just to see what this looks like. So Foley pulled up the Kindle app, and she was trying to find the ladylike book to read. And she was so bad she, for a brief moment, because it was on her phone, and all of a sudden started downloading all these books with glistening chests on the cover. Yeah. And she was like, what the hell? I don't want your double dick books all on my 
my phone. And I just looked at her. I was like, they're not all double dick phones. So in order to pull this off, you need two guys with two kind of flat, small penises to pull this off. This does not like seem. That's the thing. It's like it makes all the prior sex retroactively unsexy to me. It does kind of look like what Garrus's junk would look like, though. Why am I having this conversation? Oh, wait. I'm going to Google. Wait, hold on. I got to Google Garrus's junk. Um, it's Cloaca, thank you, probably. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, he's a guy. <sighs> I mean, isn't technically a vagina just, just a human Cloaca? Oh, I hate the Boy Potty Podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I actually typed Garrus's Cloaca. <laughs> um, so wait, so you've never read uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? In summation, no, I have never read Fifty Shades of Grey, just because apparently the writing is so bad. Would it not be disappointing, though, if you actually, you were making out with Garrus and you got down there and it turns out just a big glistening cloaca? Dude, how hard would it be to fall in love with an alien? Who knows what they've got? Who knows if they secrete some Dude, sort of fluid like, Commander Shepard could so righteously bang Garrus over and over again, he must have a very well, human-compatible, like... sex is not just penetration. I'm assuming he's got to have just, like... You know, his little kitty cat beak is just... <laughs> How do you kiss that nut? It's like kissing like two pieces Very of hamburger. Very carefully. But like Very he's got carefully. those little meat flaps. Well, it's not like a vaginal meat flaps are soft, but it's like they're articulated, but it's also... But he's got a beak, too. It must be like... Well, but like uh, kissing Garrus must be like kissing like an Amazon.com box that you just open with the flaps kind of like rigid, kind of kissing you back. I'm just saying. Wow. You are just saying, Bill. Uh, according to the internet, uh, Garrus's penis is pretty much just like a dragon penis. <laughs> just terrible that I know what a dragon <laughs> penis is supposed Bill. to look like. Bill. What's up? So, in summation, Hunger Games was the top grossing movie of 2013. Yeah. And the first movie, was, it the, was the last one The Exorcist? Or was it, I thought it was It like, was The Exorcist, because, yeah. well, technically, what's-her-face, uh... The lady in The Exorcist, she was considered the leading character, even huh. though she was, she's not really. Yeah. And the movie is about her getting an exorcism, but it's really about old dudes. Yeah, kinda. I was going to say. It's pre- about have the... you ever seen The Exorcist? No. It is stupid. <laughs> no. I, did I ever tell you, I must have mentioned this on the podcast, how I horrified, because my mom, she was, ter- you know, because that movie came out when she was like our age. And she was terrified of that movie when it came out, because that was one of the most gruesome horror movies ever released at that point. Yeah. And uh, so it was like showing on HBO mm-hmm. when I was like 12 and I had some friends over and we said, well, we like scary movies. We yeah. like Friday the 13th. We like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. We're going to watch it's The Exorcist. Same kind of we movie. laughed <laughs> Because the scary part, like, I think you have to be kind of religious. You have to grow up Christian, especially yeah. Catholic. Yeah. Because all, you know, there's all kinds of like fucked up shit where she starts masturbating with a crucifix. Right. And, like, even stuff like she pees on the carpet and stuff. But to a 12-year-old boy, you're just like, why is this good? What this, that's just a girl acting crazy. It's yeah. not, like, a scary possession Christian right, right, demon right. thing. It's just, like, she her parents could get so mad. But she, it's, like, home alone. <laughs> but with, like, a demon, demon possession as an excuse. But, like, yeah, no, that movie. And my mom was actually, like, freaked out that her, like, these kids were just, like, like you know, like 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 eleven o'clock at night. It was great. Anyway, but yeah. So I guess because yeah, she was one of the male leads. But yeah, forty fucking years. Forty years, man. That's ridiculous. Anyway, in other news, China has lifted its ban on console games. Which, if it sticks, and if Microsoft slash Sony slash Nintendo can find ways to compete with the cheap gaming clones that have proliferated in China since the ban went into effect in two thousand, could eventually change the face of gaming. That's a big deal. I mean, China could be the biggest gaming market out there. Yeah. If they could make people pay for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that could, and it's not going to have an immediate like impact in the next year or two. But mm-hmm. if yes. there's another console generation, you never know. Depending on how 
man, China's going to fucking destroy us. <laughs> Try not to think about it too much. I'm convinced 50 years from now, we are going to be, I, I, well, you like, like 100 years ago. Yeah. England was kind of like the jewel yep. of the Western world. Yep. That fell apart pretty quickly. Not that England's like a scarred battle zone of no. horrors now, but it quickly got usurped by the United States. Yep. Same thing's going to happen with the United oh, yeah. States and China. It's going to happen within our lifetime. We're going to be making the shit that the Chinese people are going to be. We're going to be exporting. Yeah, we're going to be. How much debt do we have to China? Is it $1.5 trillion dollars at this point? And yeah, if those people, they got, they've got so many people there. If those people actually start making money rather than just being like taken advantage of by the rest yeah. of the world. The we're thing is, all going to be working for China. It's absolutely true. This is it's reality. some kind of xenophobic fear, but no. that, their potential is there. But the thing that I always think of, for whatever reason, it makes me think of a Kurt Vonnegut book. Well, I'm sure we talked about it. And this is the worst thing that it makes me think of every time. There's a Kurt Vonnegut book where uh, China at some point just shuts down its borders and stops communicating with the rest of the world. Oh, it's um, like Willy Wonka's factory. People get start getting sick, and it uh-huh. turns out the way they deal with overpopulation is they start they um, uh, use technology to literally shrink humans until they're tinier and tinier, <laughs> and then people over the world getting sick, and it is an invasion because literally tiny Chinese people are inside your body breaking down. <laughs> That's my first thought every don't, time. Don't don't leak out the Fox damn. News because they'll run that as a news report. <laughs> Dumb, dumb person going. Did they start put going that out of the way? Did you need quadrillions of Chinese? Yes. Chinese. Yes. Also, <laughs> that's the first thing I think I've ever done. That's a Kurt Vonnegut book. Yep. That's the guy who's like he's won like Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> yep. He wow, read a lot of I crazy need to read books. Some more Kurt Vonnegut. <sighs> anyway, the slaughterhouse fire. Well, to actually be fair, to be fair, I think that is technically a Kilgore Trout book. Is slaughter slaughterhouse five? Does that actually take place? At a slaughterhouse where, you know, on Sesame Street, they have, like, the ambulatory Muppet... <laughs> numbers. N- numbers. Yeah. And actually slaughter fives there. <laughs> Is that, like, a literal, like... <sighs> wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, th- this is uh, Boy Howdy Podcast, your your new center for uh, China-centric xenophobia. <laughs> um, We're terrible humans. Jesus. Four-day tickets to San Diego Comic-Con have now been eliminated. Single-day ticket pa- prices have increased... You have to buy tickets to all four to qualify to check out Preview Night. Now that makes officially the cost of attending San Diego Comic-Con $200 just to Fuck get in the door. That noise. They've Nuts. officially made it way too hard for uh, to make uh, trying to go to Comic-Con. You have to pay $200,000 or $200 <laughs> to $200, into a convention center that smells like armpit with 150000 It's like they're trying to turn uh, San Diego Comic-Con into PAX. <laughs> Where it's like a super hard just to get tickets to get them through the front door. Man, man, why do you know? Man, I, I have fun feelings because that's where I first met you in the flesh. Yeah, but San Diego Comic Con was like going by a batch of crazy, and that was over 10 years ago. Yeah. No, that was actually uh, 2004. That was the last time yeah. any of us went, went to Comic Con. Yeah. That was my one and only time. Years ago, that was ten years ago this year. Yeah, and that was that. That was the year the the air conditioning broke down because there was too many people at the uh, on Mm -hmm. Saturday while we were out visiting Master and Commander. So this is yeah. I just why would you want to go to Comic Con now, especially if you can't even guarantee you can get in all four. Like even to get in preview night, you need to buy the individual tickets and they raise the ticket prices. It's just I don't see how this is a. This is one of those things where I don't see how it keeps happening. You know, it's like at some point it's got to crush under its own weight, right? Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I'm assuming they're doing this either they're taking advantage of the situation just to make more money, or they're doing this to try to deter the number of people trying to barge down their doors to get to Comic Con. Yeah, trying to make it harder for people to get in. 
And, like, it's just... I You know, I think at a certain point in the last 10 years, Comic-Con just, like... All the major news markets started reporting about Comic-Con every summer, yeah. and that kind of really got people yeah. to go there. I mean, I've had... Of course, when we were still going there, Comic-Con was yeah. neat. This was some hipster bullshit. When no, we no, 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 but really, when it was... It was, still, it was just nerd-centric. Yeah, it was very much so. But, like, I told you, like, I think it was last year or the year before, that I had my childhood, my little sister's best friend's mom from childhood... That's what I'm saying, yeah. ...called me and said, do you want to go to Comic-Con with us? And, like, they were actually thinking about trying to go because their TV shows were having panels there. Well, it's not even about... Yeah, it's stuff. not even necessarily about genre stuff anymore. It's much yeah. just kind of like TV nerd shit. stuff in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 12 Years a Slave had, had debuted at Comic-Con this year. Are you making Everyone a joke? Everyone was confounded. <laughs> Are you making a joke? They're like, well, is, is it going to turn slavery as the result of aliens? <laughs> like, no, we just thought, hey, you know, this guy was in Serenity. You are making a joke. This guy was okay. in Glorious Bastards. For a minute there, I was like... It's got. It's, you know what? It's this something that I genuinely thought. I was like, yeah, that sounds po- possible. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Oh, yeah. man. You know, her should have been at the. That would have been probably better Is Scarlett Joe hot? Yes. Okay. You disagree? There's nothing wrong with that. I just. I think she's just kind of. She kind of looks like a normal human being. That's why I like her. But she's got a nice voice, Bill. I'm a sucker for a nice no, voice. No, the voice is. I like the voice kind of sounds up, but I know people sound like Here's Star Trek what... in real life. So if I admit that she sounds hot, then I'm like, I have to wank it to the other people. Bill, sometimes you gotta admit the world is full of beautiful people. This a. is true. I think that's what I'm trying to like. B, the one thing. The reason why I hesitated as long as I did, because she made that terrible Tom Waits cover album. Oh, she did. Okay. <laughs> Which is a big dig that against her. That doesn't necessarily. It's bad. Did you see Lost in Translation? Yes, I hate Lost in Translation. You don't want to talk about that opening scene that whenever a straight guy's talking about Lost in Translation, they're like, did you see that opening? I her swear butt, to God, I don't even remember butt. it. She's wearing super sheer panties. I was very it's asexual o- at okay that point. It's okay to want to beat off to it because the movie was written directed by a woman. So it's okay. She, 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 she went out of her way to put Scarlett your hands in the I swear to God, in a lot of ways, I was not sexually aware until I met my wife. Yeah. Now I notice, ladies, I did not before I was with my wife. That's ladies. fine. I barely noticed men, to be honest with you. What's great about my wife is that... So you have to tell me if you want to bang the Frozen girls once you see that movie. No, but like, uh... Um... We can talk about her next week. How much you want to stick your pickle in her? No, because Lost Treasure... I heard the best euphemism (laughs) for sex. Ride the baloney pony. (laughs) (laughs) I googled... I was writing a thing and I needed to come up with the most crass euphemism for sex and I googled it and I found a list and one of them was Ride the baloney pony. Very good. That's pretty good. Anything else interesting that you found? Uh, There were some other good ones, but that one was so good. Oh, oh, tickle her belly button from the inside. (laughs) That one too. Those were the two that stood oh, out. Oh my god, I saw an animated gift this week. <laughs> it was this guy with a large penis, and it was just like the woman's belly was just like oh. I didn't I didn't realize women's bellies could just distend it and it is like something from a cartoon. Where it's just like you know, I don't even know what to do. I I keep Hey guys, believe it or not, we were talking about San Diego coming <laughs> I'm just saying, I keep forgetting that vaginas are designed to stretch to be the size of Mega Man's, uh, Mega Mind's hat. And so, it's just, yeah. You just made a Mega Mind Someone's gotta do it. No one, no one's ever made. I swear to God, I had to really think about that for a second. What the you fuck is you Mega Man? screwed it up and actually called it Mega Man. Mega I'm probably thinking about, like, Mega Man's blaster. And I'm like, oh my God. You're saying that girls have to be designed to be fisted by Mega Man? What else? Oh, what else? Here's a weirdly sexually charged episode of Blood Hattie Podcast. Hey guys, uh, Lego Simpsons house. Did no, you see 
was barely online this week. No, they just announced that there's going to be a Lego is putting out an official Simpsons house assembly kit. You get to build the whole Simpsons house. It's got to have all the characters, and it opens up, and there's actual oh, yeah. rooms. There's interiors oh. that you're building, and it's got to be like a two thousand dollar kit. I'm sure it'll be probably like two hundred bucks. What I'm getting next Christmas? <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. I missed out on so much news this week just because. Um, well, technically, at, this is also two weeks old. Yeah, this because, is true. Yeah. But even then, that's about the time when at work I decided that just to um, uh, I'm, I'm so morale is so shitty at work. I've been trying to um, be careful about wasting time, mm-hmm. and uh, so I turned on a I downloaded a Chrome add-on where I can only visit Twitter ten minutes a day. Oh, that's right, because that's why you actually had me try yeah. to buy that Brick Mondo poster. Yeah, because I'm like, oh I'm not going to. That's a whole other fucking thing we talk about. <laughs> fucking, I love Mondo posters, but Jesus Christ, guys, you have to fix your checkout system. So I missed, Ugh. I missed all, pretty much, and I don't know any you don't of this garbage. miss anything online. But yeah, no, Lego, Le- Lego has the Simpsons. Uh, Man, Lego's been doing all the crazy, weird, random licensing. It's interesting. I feel like Lego is explicitly going after the adult market now. Oh, yeah. Because it was always implicit. Well, also, Lego is so expensive. It's not really a kid's toy anymore. I mean, you can buy the very small kits for, like, maybe $10, but that only has, like, six Legos. Lego bricks and stuff. Yeah. And, like, they have Legos. It really is just... And, like, like even uh, as the moment they announced that Disney had bought Star Wars Mm -hmm. and that George Lucas was no longer in control of Star Wars... All of their Lego branding switched from uh, all the prequel bullshit that yeah. George Lucas has been telling all the Star Wars licensees, like, no, I want you to keep on doing prequel stuff. Yeah. I don't want you to focus on Millennium Falcon shit. Yeah. The moment they got, that got switched over to Disney, yeah. Lego switched all their Lego shit over to, to classic. It's a Millennium Falcon, Death Star, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll put these uh, prequel shits on Super Sale if you guys still want that shit. But, like, yeah. come on, get the good stuff. We got the Jabba the Hutt. We got the Boba Fett, you know, all yeah. that stuff. So. Yeah. They're smart. Did you know that Lego is technically the largest tire manufacturer in the world? What? We were talking about Legos at work the other day, and my friend started looking up Lego facts. And yeah, she found they're technically because they make more tires than anyone else. Lego's got a great scheme going on because the stuff they make for kids is the Lego games. Not that they make the games, but you know what I mean. As far as licensing stuff, they breed the kids to want to be into Lego as children. And so when they become adults. Okay, so Lego has a thing now called like Chimera or whatever. Yeah. And it's like baby Annie would have got ape shit for it, and adult Annie kind of wants this? it too. Where they're like little like it's like kind of like the what was it the Ninjago? Ninjago. Or whatever, yeah, whatever. no, I got worth my catalog. It's got Ninjago. Yeah, but anyway, so now they have this new this like like this whole like a monster Lego thing. But they're all they're all animal people. So like there's a wolf Lego guy, and I'm like I want a wolf Lego. <laughs> I actually did almost buy it, but fully was like really. Anyway, uh, Run Run Shaw is dead. Uh, Run Run Shaw is the founder of the Shaw Brothers Kung Fu Studio. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, the Shaw Brothers, for people who don't know, are essentially the, uh, I've seen, this is actually a pretty adapt, uh, adapt uh, metaphor, is uh, Shaw Brothers were to Kung Fu what Hammer was to horror. Yeah. Kind of 60s, 70s, kind of like, pretty, pretty much like what your, what your stereotypical idea of what a Kung Fu movie is. Those are the guys who invented that shit. Yeah. And so, and I guess they kind of got fucked up when like, uh, Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee started doing stuff for Golden Harvest movie studios. Yeah. Of course, like, yeah, so like, yeah, uh, Ron Ron Shaw, the Shaw Brothers stuff kind of went out of, Kind of went out of fashion in the in the mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties, but Quentin Tarantino with Kill Bill and stuff that kind of made the Shaw Brothers stuff vanish from all like, that. That mm-hmm. kind of created renewed interest in uh, Shaw Brothers stuff. But that guy was like one hundred and ten years old. Oh man! Like I like I saw some pictures of him from like nineteen thirty five, and he was like forty five in like nineteen thirty five. And they showed pictures of him now, like before he died, he looked like fucking uh, Big Trouble in Little China. 
old dude, like, fucking withered skeleton, like, fucking... I think he did not even die of old age. I think someone assassinated him, and his guards failed. They blew... Have I seen a big trouble? What? Wasn't my racist joke? Because I was already... Terrible. xenophobia. Terrible. Technically, I think he was born in Hong Kong, so, but that's not quite... Terrible. But, uh, yeah, but Chaw Brothers. Yeah, if you watched Kill Bill... Yeah, and you if you enjoy those movies, you yeah. should be sad because yeah. Well, they even this, don't they have the Shaw Brothers logo at the beginning of Kill Bill? Like it's little I think thing, they like, may. They have the S yeah. like shield. Yeah, I think they may. I want to watch Kill Bill again. <laughs> I was disappointed with Kill Bill when those movies came out, just because they weren't quite as I thought they'd be more fucked than they were. Yeah, but it's been a while since I've seen them. I want to go back and watch that shit. It holds up. Yeah, also just great soundtrack. They have like well, also like if you ever listen to Wu Tang Clan, half their kung fu sound samples are all from. uh Shaw Brothers shit and mm-hmm. man, thirty six chambers of Shaolin, it's fucking hilarious. Five deadly venoms. Oh my god, those movies are fucking hilarious. Anyway, shut you know, up. I just ate some of my apple fritter, hoping you would keep talking. So thanks. <laughs> thanks oh, that. I. You know what? Uh, in addition to your apple fritter, I got caramels right here. Oh, thank you. With Bill. crunchy wrappers. Oh, perfect good. for podcasts. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so yeah. it'll stick your mouth and noisy. Oh, and look, it. look, it's in a Chinese food box. There you go. Which Bill. I secretly <laughs> seem to hate now for some reason. <laughs> Um, Jesus Christ. Steambox. Um, it revealed at Consumer Entertainment Show. Also, R- Razor's Christine Modular PC Tower. Which actually sounds like. Oh, I wrote that sentence. I didn't even understand what the hell you're talking about so, for a second. Um, yeah, Razor, which I, I have a Razor controller, which is a great controller. Is that the Mass Effect 3 one? Yeah. Yeah. I got it because it's Mass Effect 3, but it's actually a really great controller. <laughs> is that the one where like, you dial in the tension on the thumbsticks? Yes. Do always, how do you dial that stuff in? Is there like, um, a there's dial a, on the side? The um, the thumb pad, the rubber nubby, you can actually, there's like, it's underneath oh, it's the rubber nubs, so you twist it. Yeah. Oh, it's very nicely nice. designed. Super nice. So um, I really like that Razor product. They, they, I don't know if this was just someone talking about it or what, but so the idea of it is that it's this modular PC, and technically all PCs are modular, but... But um, modular in a bullshit kind of like, your yeah, car's technically like, modular. Yeah, exactly. This is literally like, you just pull out one part that is visible and you put in another well, part. it's, it's really what they're selling, it's... It's like it's, a Lego kit. Yeah, it's a Lego kit. It's a, just a stand yeah. with holes cut out in it, and you mm. just slot in new... Like, oh, I want a new hard drive. I want an extra hard drive. You just slam it yeah. into the slot. There's like there's like 10 slots that you can fill stuff. I think what I read, that was it was just commentary. I don't think it was actually their plan. Yeah. But they talked about a subscription tower PC where you pay maybe like 100 bucks a month. But what they do is they send you new parts as new time. As new parts become. Yeah. And, and it is more expensive because, you know, of course, it would be cheaper to kind of build your own kit at but home. But then you don't have to fucking worry about but th- it. This is the thing. You're all, you can, This way you can always guarantee it's going to be top of the line. All you have to do is like literally plug and play. Like take the old thing out. Yeah. New hard drive, more RAM, more whatever the fuck you need. In. I know like Grumpy Turtle and other PC enthusiasts are listening to this and shaking their fists at us, but that's kind of what I need. This actually sounds I more like what I want from the Steam box than what we're getting from the Steam box. Exactly. Because it's like, I cannot... I am not, I do not want to live this cult lifestyle where I build my own PCs and I upgrade them as I go. I just can't do that. I do not have that brain. I do not have that attention. I don't have to worry about will a game run on my thing. I just want to be able to play games. That's all I want to fucking do. Yeah. Who uh, who knows if this is actually going to come out? Because even then, what they showed at CES was just kind of like, we're hoping to make this someday. Yeah. And even they admitted like, we're hoping to maybe have a production prototype next CES, next next winter so even at best a year from now they might have a production prototype right. to sometime maybe in late 2015 to just start selling these and that's a great idea but they're obviously the huge disadvantage to this idea of oh an easy modular design is it it's kind of the same thing again where it's like or as you have this broad market of pc towers 
and you can put and make all sorts of these weird configurations that are understand uh, uh, built to snap into this understood default structure. Yeah. Here you have an entire new language, assembly language, like literal like mechanical assembly language. So it's a great idea as long as manufacturers buy into it and as long as parts Which, are... Which, yeah. Well, the Razor's kind know. of big enough. You know, it's, they're established enough. They should be able to help, like... But still, be, they, even if they, they... They at least have some leverage with companies If they way. talk like 10 companies into going along with them, who's to say it's actually going to be like a reputable company? Who's to say it's actually going to be like... And that's like, the thing kind of with the Steam stuff where the, the Steam is kind of suffering from the opposite problem with the Steam boxes, where there seems to be too many companies and too many versions. Where I, I, yeah. I was, I, I was hoping the Steam boxes would be like there would be only a couple Steam boxes. You'd have like like a low, medium, yeah, and like high, like uh, like like just yeah. a couple of basic different flavors. Yeah. Instead, like no, there's a huge. It sounds like there's going to be like twenty different Steam boxes. Yeah, and there's going to be so you're going to have to do so much research into which Steam box you want. At that exactly. Point, why not? Yeah, yeah, and maybe it's not going to be like you know, it's it's still better than trying to build your own gaming PC. But at that yeah. point, like, I might as well just buy a fucking desktop tower. Yeah, and yeah. rather than mess with a gaming uh, Steam. Yeah, and they even even they came out with a Steam box. They were like, this isn't really necessarily. This isn't designed to lure console owners. Mm-hmm. This is designed. This we're designing this for people who already own uh, PC gaming rigs who just want. Something they can connect to their TV and stream data and stuff to right. their TVs. Yeah. So yeah, we this is this. Steam box I am really us. curious about the Steam controller though. Yeah. Because that sounds changes like to this, like the, the buttons yeah. and stuff are going to be changing. Yeah, that um, that sounds compelling. What I really may, may wind up doing in the long run, I may have to figure out how to redo my living room so I can hide have, a tower. You know, Carl and Steve. They everyone who attended Steam develop the, the development conference this weekend, uh, this week got a free Steam box. Did they motherfucker dev kit. So if you go over to their place, Annie, hey by guys. the end of the spring, you will have touched the Steam controller. Shut up. I hate your face. <laughs> God hey, damn. maybe don't be a dick about Gone Home. Maybe you can touch one too, I Bill. know. I love. I super love the end of Gone Home. <laughs> you can I touch your monster machine? But yeah, so I guess they took uh, the touchscreen out of the, the Steam controller and oh, replaced it with... No, it's weird because like... So I guess there was a touchscreen in that controller. And uh, on the touchscreen, there were the XYBA buttons were... Yeah kind of weird like in the middle and i guess they got enough feedback from the beta testers that have been testing for the last month or two like no you have to have at least just just for backwards compatibility with older games yeah Yeah. uh you need like a diamond formation of buttons so they took those buttons out but then they also got rid of the touchscreen which is kind of weird so i imagine that'll bring the price down significantly yeah that may have just been a pricing thing and also in my experience i mean i i for me, a touch screen is not a terribly provi- precise device. Yeah. Like, that's why I don't really like doing any sort of real game. Well, even the touch screen, on... using the touch screen on the PlayStation 4 controller, it's nice, but, like, yeah. even, like, Assassin's Creed, when you use it to, like, kind of, like, run around the map, like, you, like, 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 explore, like, you can move the map around. Yeah, that's it's terrible. Like, you can just use the thumbsticks instead. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather. And you could argue that we are people who know this very particular language mm. of controller, and, like, it's, like, is it just a matter of learning this other input language? But, yeah. I don't know, it's not working for me. Uh, Alien mm-hmm. Isolation was announced. Uh, did you see anything about this? Yeah, I watched the trailer. Yeah, did it was you pretty cool. Yeah. So it's, it's like a first-person horror survival alien game, which is like, duh. Not very combat-oriented, but no. mostly you're being stalked. There's only one alien. You're not, like, mowing down tons of aliens. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. But yeah, the trailer is kind of great. You play Ripley's daughter, and uh, you... Which lets them still call her Ripley. Yeah, Because she's like, Ripley, do this, Ripley, do it's, that. I'm yeah. like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. But uh, yeah, the trailer is great. They're really... 
it seems that they're really trying to make an Honest to Christ game that feels like the first Alien movie. Yeah, they're kind of going after that amnesia, the Dark Descent kind of thing. Which is brilliant. First person. Yeah. Yeah, you're not very empowered. You're being stalked by things. You're in the dark. You can't <laughs> see what's going on. Which to me is like a game I could not want to play less. Because the reason why, we've talked about this, the reason why I hate playing first person shooters and first person games is because I always feel this creeping sense of paranoia that something's behind me, even in games where that doesn't happen. Like on home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it took me. That's why I couldn't play first-person games for a long, long time. I've largely gotten over it, but a game that literally like uses that as a feature, nope, nope, not gonna happen. Man, uh-uh. why is, I just wanted someone to remake Gone Home in the and Mirror's Edge engine, so at least you can run up the walls. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Alien Isolation, bless them for making a. Who knows if that's game going to be any good, though? It's a yeah. good idea, though. Yeah. It's, yeah. It sounds more promising than... And if the deleted scene from uh, Aliens where you get to see uh, a picture of Ripley's old daughter, before, like, right before she died, uh, is to be believed, then Ripley in this game should just look like Sigourney Weaver with a really bad old age makeup and a really shitty gray wig. <laughs> hey, where's my mom? <laughs> How is an alien... I'm trying to think how Ripley's daughter, because I'm assuming Ripley's daughter goes out into space looking for yeah. Ripley. Yes. I forgot how the hell she bumps into an alien then. I think, do they imply that you're in on the whatever it is? Like the... It looks like you're on no, like on a ship, kind of like the, the the mining ship from the first alien. They tell us, but I think they're implying that you're going to that mining ship. Does she just ride another mining, mining ship. ship out to that planet just to pick up another, like... Well, I think you're there to look for your mom, aren't you? Or whatever. I don't know. Who the fuck cares? Can't be any worse than Aliens Colonial. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bill, tell me about PS Now. Oh, this is uh, this is the result of Sony buying Gaikai, that streaming, kind of mm-hmm. like the on-live service. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Sony, at, again, at CES, CES this week announced that they are going to do uh, have some kind of subscription-based uh, streaming service that let you play old PlayStation 3. Did they say anything about PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 1 games? They were focusing explicitly on PS3. And I think they specifically had, like, at CES, you could play, like, The Last of Us. Yes. And... They talked about Last of Us, and I can't remember what it was. the only game, game that matters. matters. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, uh, big, this is their answered backwards compatibility. But is yeah, it, I don't think they, I think they specifically said it was supposed to be subscription, but they, like, it sounds like they're still themselves are technically trying to iron out yeah. what this is, or like, if it's going to be, like, exactly what, like, is it, presumably this is not going to be a part of PlayStation Plus, or if it is, no, it's going to be like a PlayStation service. Plus Plus. Yeah. Which is what's interesting is that uh, now our Vita has become even more intelligent approach to this because it'll also work on Vita, so you'll be able to play Last of Us on the Vita. Hopefully, lag isn't that bad. I'm still worried about that. That's the thing. With, As someone who's never been able to play that, we're talking about online games, dude. A streaming an online game, really, like a multiplayer game. Well, it must be pretty good if that's if they're serious about talking yeah. about that. But I can't see how that. Well, fine. Yeah, thing, it's supposed but... to be launched this sometime this summer too. Yeah. But that, hey, that's more backwards compatibility stuff than the Xbox which has is, announced. Yeah, so, which is guys. good on them. Yeah. Uh, Lumberjanes is announced from uh uh what's what's Kaboom's? Real me this. Explain this to me because I was all like on Twitter. I was like, did you hear about Lumberjanes? You're like, yeah, I heard about it. I I I made a birthday cake for the editor. <laughs> that why the fuck are you talking to me about? Well, Lumberjanes? we talked about Shannon Waters on the podcast before. She's one of my favorite internet bros. Yeah, she's an editor at um uh Boom Studios. She edits the Adventure Time books. When Foley and I got married, she was the only person to give us a wedding present. Oh really? Actually, yeah. Did um, I not give you a wedding present? Nope. No one gave us a wedding present or a housewarming present, by the <laughs> way, for our house. Oh, sorry. 
It's okay, I'm turning 30. Guess what, everybody? Make it up to me, motherfucker. You gotta mention this at the, at the theater. I've taken I so much more than doors. Actually, what I did do, I don't, I don't know if you noticed. For my I head. am not showing up at that theater. I, I, I actually went back and forth on this because... Um, I got lawyer's bathrooms and actually a fun thing, though. Anyway. On my, uh, I have an RSVP Google form. And after you've submitted, the little text says, um, thanks for RSVPing, prepare your sacrifice <laughs> for the president's monster on this, her 30th year of tyranny. <laughs> and I actually really thought about that. I was making a joke. You should have put that in there. I did. It's on there. You read stroke. Who reads the confirmation text? That's what I was hoping. Oh, I was God. making a joke. But yeah, I was like, I really, I was like, man, should I make, but no, I fucking love presents, you guys. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so Shannon earns a special place because she's yeah. the only person who got us a, um, uh, a, a, a marriage present. She made us um, whiskey cookies, chocolate chip cookies. With whiskey inside? Yeah, with bourbon, actually. It was oh, super good. See. And then she gave us um, proofs of a bunch of issues of Adventure Times. So they don't have the logo or anything on it, so just the art. We actually have it framed in our living oh, room. Oh, that's really nice. Um, so she's a sweetheart, and I love her. And she's working with a lot of talented artists on it. Um, uh, on I can't remember James? her name, but um, her online alias is Ginger Hazing. She does Nimona, which is a great webcomic, and she's just a really appealing artist, and she did all the character designs for it and everything like that. So I love Shannon Waters. And so this is I'm a comic really... book about lumber, uh, female lumberjacks. I actually did not read too much about the premise because I oh, want to be... Oh, we're talking about this. We're just... This turns into Shannon Waters' just love fest. I just well, love Shannon about Waters. Comic. Something I, about Lumberjacks. She's really excited about it. And I genuinely... I don't want to know that much about it just because I want to go into it and just experience it as an item, as a thing. So, and... Oh, she, wow. The characters' name are Joe, April, Mal, Molly, and Ripley. You've got one character named after yep. Little Women, one named after Serenity, and mm-hmm. one named after uh, Aliens. So they've already got my money. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's gonna be great. It looks like there's the whole idea of girl power and girls' adventure shit that's condescending, and this looks like the non-condescending version of that. I'm I don't really know. I th- I think uh, what's the Penny Arcade uh, forestry thing that they did? The comic. They oh, did? the lookouts. Yeah, this this is. I think this is ripping that off. I'm gonna get sued. <laughs> oh, did I tell you that? Did you see what happened yesterday? They announced that the Batman Superman movie got pushed back a year. Uh, I forgot that they were making a Batman vs. Superman <laughs> movie, but yeah. it was supposed to come out next summer, but it's going to yeah. come out in 2016. Well, isn't that where they announced that Ben Affleck is going to be Batman? Yeah, did you see what movie they're replacing that with? No. Next summer, Pan. Oh, Origin really? story of Peter Pan. We, I think we mentioned this on we the podcast about before. It briefly. I thought that was some kind of deal. Like, I think they even said on the podcast, like, that's never going to happen. That's some bullshit. That must be, be a big tentpole thing, dude. That's locked in. That if if they've given that movie uh, Batman Superman's release date, not only it's do they mean a tentpole, dude. And I thought even if the movie comes out, I was like that's gonna be like some Oscar bait, or that's gonna be some movie that comes out April, like goes straight to straight yeah, to Netflix bullshit. It's gonna come out in that's Statham gonna be a summer Murray. temple that takes yeah. place of what they were hoping would be their answer yep. to the Avengers. Yeah, I'm like I should sue these. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hop, Hey Ash, What Your Plan, was picked by Nintendo to create a video promoting the new Donkey Kong game at Sundance. It came out this week. Did you watch it? Yeah, it was very cute. Pretty great. So it was, uh, they, um, they teamed up with Freddie Wong of, uh, what's the name of his online thing? I just know it was um, Freddie Wong. He just does all these crazy videos where it's him, like, just doing, like, fighting aliens and shit like that. Yeah, they do all these special effects and shit. Yeah, very special effects, very action-driven, very complicated. He's almost kind of like... 
the YouTube's equivalent of Edgar Wright. Yes, that's yeah. actually a very good analogy. Where it's like these really, um, uh, they're all about this visual spectacle, very stylized visual spectacle. Well, it was really great. The premise of it was um, uh, Ash of Hey Ash is a scientist who has developed, in reality, the uh, barrels that are in the Donkey Kong universe that shoot you. Everywhere. Donkey Kong Country specifically. Yeah, yeah. excuse me, and uh, it's very very I'm- cute. Really a guy, a guy is murdered when he's shot into a train. It's good times. Um, I did, I was an asshole pointed out at the end. There's a little bit after the credits where she uh hands off a briefcase to Freddie Wong's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's walking through a parking lot. Despite the fact that she's wearing sneakers, she has high heeled shoes. Sound effects. <laughs> she's doing the clock, 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 and I was like, uh-huh. mm, I'm gonna be that. <laughs> Asshole online. Maybe she has maybe she has bottle caps pinned to the bottom. Also, of her Ashley Birch in the suit. That's always good times. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, Billy. I'm just saying. Uh, it's very very cute. I highly recommend. Did you see? It. Okay, did we talk about the the last uh, the the Hop season four finale we, that we saw at Pax? Uh, no. About where she gets brainwashed yeah. into being a hot girl. Yeah. And guys' reactions at Pax, where everyone was kind of like. Laughing, but you hit. Like, there's a lot of guys going, "Ha ha, that's hilarious!" Because she got turned into a hot girl. Yeah. Uh huh. It was an interesting, awkward thing because ultimately it was a, uh, a, a attempt to be a, a subversion of the whole geek girl yeah. thing. So well, she's a hot lady. Well, I'm just saying, but it was funny that like guys like it was especially specifically I, like guys laughter turning from ha 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 to. <laughs> I got something to masturbate to not when I get back oh, to my packs hotel Lord. room. That that was uh, kind of like guys' reactions. Um, I'm just saying you want. No, go ahead, Bill. We talk about how much we want to bang Anthony. Oh my God. <laughs> GDC award nominations were made. It seems like Tearaway, Gone Home, and Last of Us are the most nominated. I understand my live action Broken Age movie stars <laughs> Ash uh-huh. and Anthony. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Gone Home and Last of Us both I think got what ten nominations. Wait, what are we talking, we're talking about? about? GDC awards. Oh yeah, I should have actually listed the nominations, but yeah, Tearaway, <laughs> Gone Home, and Last of Us. Yeah, Tearaway got great. luck. Man, so sales data came out. Tearaway yeah. only sold fourteen thousand copies. <gasps> Are you kidding? Which is like fourteen thousand copies. Yeah, and that sounds like that's all the copies that they were going to sell. Which is in an industry oh, where sales are, are talked about in like hundreds of thousands, hundreds of if millions. not millions. Oh, what a shame. Well, to be fair, what is the PS? What is the Vita installed? Yeah, they kind of made a mistake betting. And it is a game any that money can on the Vita. only be played on the Vita. You can't port that to anything. Else. It is the gameplay is. I don't think it ported to the Wii. Wii U. It's mm-hmm. got touchscreen. Oh, that's uh, that's another winner. That's another <laughs> pony to back right there. But yeah, no, I'm glad to see that. Yeah, gone. Yeah, man. I, you know what? You've been talking for Gone Home about Gone Home for like a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. A year half, a year and a half later, here we are talking about it like sweeping GDC. God bless. Getting Game of the Year awards, not nominations, but people saying, "Yeah, that's the best game of the year that came out last year." Yeah. Disney has appointed a story group committee headed by Lucasfilm Lorekeepers to decide which parts of the massive Star Wars expanded universe will be considered canon moving forward. Supposedly, all EU stuff created by Disney in the future will be canon. Yeah, it's funny that there's so much Star Wars canon bullshit that they actually have to appoint a committee of yeah. you guys figure out what's the sh- what's the shit to keep and what's the shit to junk. Well, it is it is kind of interesting because. I think it speaks to the age of the Star Wars property that when you, like, back when the Star Wars Expanded Universe books were coming out, there was no concept of a cross-media property. Whereas nowadays, Probably the only thing that did that before was, like, maybe Star Trek, but, like, Star Trek novels that kind of, like, were written after Star Trek got canceled. So people were like, well, let's, we'll, we'll just keep on 
there'll be more adventures of Star Trek. We'll just we'll just license the shit to books. Yeah. yeah. But even then, like the Star or the Star Trek books considered canon in the way that no, I think it's it's really it seems most things it, like. If it didn't appear on screen, it's yeah, not canon. it doesn't count. In Star Trek, there's only two canons. There's, if it appeared on screen, that's canon. If it not, it's B canon. Actually, the, there's two big online Star Trek wikis online. There's Star Trek... There's Memory Alpha, which is everything that appeared on screen, and there's Memory mm. Beta, which is mm. just the wiki for everything that appeared off screen. Interesting. Like all the books and stuff like yeah. that. And so Star Trek is very much... Which, that's the way any kind of thing like that should be. Well, yeah. Well, it's interesting, because now we seem to be in this age where they really want things to be cross-media. Where that's things the that difference. Where you, like, that's part of the selling thing. Is like, yeah. it's a comic book, but no. We're, like, like, well, it's like news... with Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Where it's like, now, every single... Like, you could argue that at launch this wasn't true. Because, like, the Game Boy... No. No, there are things, like, in the PSP game that are canon. So, like, every single thing with the Assassin's Creed logo on it is canon. Oh, yeah. So, all the novelizations, all the comics, all the short films, it is all canon. Well, that's, like, I was just talking about the Star Trek thing and how, for the longest time, it was just, if it wasn't on screen, it wasn't mm-hmm. canon. That got changed with the new J.J. Abrams stuff that just came out, where mm-hmm. you had actually some of the guys who had written the movies were actually writing some of the comics going out and saying, no, this, oh. this is a change and so in the comics, they actually show some Star Trek The Next Generation stuff where um, they came out and said, okay, in, in future, Data is in charge of the Enterprise and stuff. In the Star Trek Online game that came out a couple years ago, uh, Paramount very specifically came out and said, this is not a movie, but we are considering everything in this game canon, too. Mm. And so that's that's funny. That's a canon that actually changed over time where yeah. suddenly like they're, like they're going out of their way, like expanded universe stuff. Is the selling point is that, no, for, for once, this is actually a canon. Yeah. Which that confounds it's a, things. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting conundrum to be in. And so I think Star Wars had different tiers of cano- canonosity, which mm-hmm. makes even less sense. Because yeah. at least if, if it's just like on screen or not off screen, you know, that's an easy delineation. But Star Trek, Star Wars had like, well, if it's in a book, it's more canon than what's in a comic. Yeah, if it's yeah. in a comic, it's more canon than what's in a role playing game. Yeah. So if like you're a role playing game, you're way on the fucking <laughs> bottom rung. Exactly. But like there was a hierarchy there where I was like, man, that's crazy. So, but I guess they're wiping all that out now. Well, it makes sense because uh, Disney Disney has no interest in keeping the shit all piecemeal. Like, yeah, it's exactly, in their yeah. best interest to make it a whole well, especially meal. Especially when they, this got it. announced when, as they announced that Disney is taking, uh, Disney is letting Marvel take over the the the, the Star Wars license, comic mm-hmm, book license comics. from mm-hmm. from Dark Horse, and Dark Horse has been the company that's produced most of the expanded universe stuff yeah. over the course of the last twenty years, yeah. aside from like the couple of the Star Wars animated TV shows and yeah. stuff that came out, but and so. This is kind. Of, I, I'm surprised. This is kind of big. Fuck you to like. Well, uh, all this dark horse stuff is going to get re- reviewed. I wonder if, if they're just going to come out and say, "Yeah, no, no, this is all bullshit." Yeah. Like now, Nitro Republic, they're going to figure out job. Someone is being paid. Yeah, full time. Not just one person, but like a committee. Yeah. That's nuts. There's like six people out there. Okay, like nuts. I got to email Larry. We played Nitro Republic last night. We love. That robot wants to kill everybody. Can I just say but, that there are probably thousands, hundreds of thousands of nerds right now, even now, slavering at the thought of being one of those <laughs> oh, gatekeepers. Can you imagine? Oh, man. And now I bet you there are people right now, even now, in internet forums who are coming up with their own real canon. If I were on that squad, here's what I would I know, say exactly. real I'm canon. sure they're submitting, they're emailing to those people, yeah. like, here's my <laughs> here's my real canon. That I've been working on since 1982, nuts. since Splinter in the Mind's Eye Keeps. came out. Nuts. Did you hear the stuff about like all the, the rumors about? I I do not new follow Star literally rumors. any of the Star Wars. Well, there was rumors. here's the extent of any Star Wars rumors I get. Uh, Bobby Roberts tweets. <laughs> no, 
Oh, I get. Talking about, so Little Miss Sunshine, he was going to be one of the writers on the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. But he left. Right. And supposedly the rumor came out this week was he left because he wanted the new Star Wars movies to be about the next generation of characters. Yeah. And supposedly he left because J.J. Abrams wants it to be about... He wants at least the first movie to be about the adventures of 70-year-old Han, Luke, and Leia. Yeah. With, like, the kids might be there. Yeah. But, like, everyone's like, what? Huh. Who wants to see 70-year-old? I can see Yeah, maybe... Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. <laughs> no! <laughs> like, if they show up, that's fine. That kind of bugs me out, because that totally breaks the formula of Star Wars. Yeah. Where, like, each, it's, it, each, each trilogy, trilogy is a new is generation. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, I, I went off on Twitter about this yesterday, because I'm online. I'm a fat white male. Because <laughs> access the internet. Who likes Star Wars? So, of course, I was like, well, if I was writing Star there Wars. Was but there was a formula canon. that each Star Wars trilogy uh, right. starts off with some dipshit kid being approached by a Jedi who is doomed to die very soon, saying, hey, do you want to be a Jedi? Right. This breaks it. If it's just going to be, like, flash forward 30 years... And it's just like Han and Luke and Leia sitting around TV going, did we ever kill everyone from the Empire? Should we Bill, finish that job now? Bill, Let's go and kill the rest. It's almost like being a Star Wars fan is dooming yourself to heartache. <laughs> so anyway, but that's all rumors. That None of this is confirmed to. That's the other thing. Gigi Abrams is known to put out uh, yeah, he's known to misinformation. Yeah. Although he didn't do a very good job with that last Star Trek movie where he's like, it's not con. It's con. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, to be fair, those stories, once they get out there and the internet gets at them, who knows what the original intention was. It turns into some Shh. other story altogether. You can't Shit, control that garbage. In other news, Man, filming... this is going to turn into a mushmouth hat. It is, actually. Bill's putting on his Christmas hat. Uh, filming for Peter Capada- Cap- Capaldi. There we go. <laughs> Capadelio. Pap- Papadopoulos. Uh, Peter Capaldi's first full episode as a doctor began last Tuesday. Yeah! And also, uh, people have, uh, have already started leaking pictures of them. Not leaking, but, like, people have swarmed to where they film. Like, I'm the first person to get a picture of the new doctor in his underwear. I'm the new person. I'm the, well, I'm the first fan to get a picture of Peter Capaldi as he's leaving the bathroom on his first day of filming Doctor Who. And all this. It was very cute. But, yeah, no, uh, it seems first day of filming uh, for Doctor Who for Peter Capaldi is him running around in, a, in his pajamas riding a horse. Hmm. Good Doctor on him. Who. It's interesting. This is officially now Doctor Who is totally something I don't even recognize anymore. Yeah. So it's like I feel exactly now about Doctor Who as I did five years ago. Yeah. Like, it's funny watch. thing. You only like Doctor Who for just for exactly one season. That was <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Matt's missed first season. You're like, yeah, that's 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 all the Doctor, and that's really all the Doctor. I mean, that's yeah. really you got. You know, you got the, introduced to a newly regenerated Doctor, and that's mm-hmm. all you really need to do. Yeah. And it did it did markedly get worse. You you made the right choice in jumping ship when you did. Yeah. Uh, so oh, that's the other thing that came out this week. Doctor, the doctor is twenty one hundred years old now. How old was the doctor before? Uh, Nine hundred years old. Oh, there's shit that happened in the last couple episodes where he wow. aged by a thousand, a millennia, years. and they made that canon. That sticks now. He stayed he stayed Matt Smith longer. As Matt Smith, than all of his other Doctor versions combined. Interesting. Yeah, but he, he he actually died of old age. Huh. Like when he regenerated into this guy, that's that's actually he didn't great. get killed by anything. Yeah, that's kind of fantastic, kinda yeah. actually. Huh. Anyway, I like that. Yeah. Well done, Doctor Who. All right. Well, good. That that puts the cherry on top of my experience. Exactly. So that's, yeah, that's still my Which favorite is nice, Doctor. Which because that uh, that leaves much less of a bitter taste in my mouth than just getting frustrated and tired with Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of that. Uh, his last words were, were "fuck River Song." <laughs> <laughs> and then the audience clapped. Like take your mug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever thought like instead of like 
cloud me to keep Tinkerbell alive. Cloud <laughs> keep her dead to the ground. <laughs> Activision announced DLC for Call of Duty that lets you play as Michael Myers. Yeah, this 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 it was funny because like this news came out the same day that Polygon uh, announced that Gone Home was its game of the year. Yeah, for 2013, and so you had on one hand people going like, "That's not a real game. That's fucking bullshit." And, like, on the other hand, like, the world's biggest gaming publisher coming, like, there's here's DLC for a first-person game where you play as a mass murderer, and that's just, why yep. not? There's no story reason. Yep. It's just, I think it's a thing you can pick up on the battlefield, that you suddenly start, you suddenly, like, get the mask, and I guess maybe you can start seeing through eye holes, and then you get a butcher knife, you just stab people! That is it! <laughs> Nothing is special. an amazing one-two punch. And of... it just shows that, like, they know yep. their audience of, like, yeah. fucking it. Yeah. Idiot adolescent 15 year old boys where yeah. they're like you know what the ultimate power of this game becoming a homicidal killer <laughs> and granted in the Call of Duty games you're murdering people right in the right but this is like it's like that la- that last bit of shred of facade is gone yeah. it's just like nope just straight up murdering I would like is, is if it's Call of Duty Ghost I want there to this DLC needs to be in the single player so I can be running around on the uh, space station at the beginning as Michael Myers stabbing motherfuckers with your dog the dog <laughs> is a knife <laughs> no the dog is Freddy obviously <laughs> It's really hard for him to walk with the claws. <laughs> oh my god! I, and that is, yeah, that's just the two. That's the and that is why Gone Home is so important. I'm just gonna say that yeah, right that's there. Exactly. That's why it needs. Even you know what? I again, Gone Home wasn't my game of the year, but like, I'm glad to see it got that kind of attention. Yeah. Just offset the bullshit yep. on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. God. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Oof. And most importantly, Bill's final piece of news: <laughs> there is only one Munchkin left. Uh, and 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 our midget Highlander <laughs> section of the news this week. God, God damn. Uh, so yeah, the last uh, female Munchkin died this week. It's not funny. I'm not. I'm waiting for you to talk about. You this. were laughing so hard; it was high pitched and went like only dogs could hear. <laughs> no, um, yeah, there. I didn't realize there were only two Munchkins left. One of them was a lady. She mm-hmm. died this week because she old. Because that movie's mm-hmm. like fucking ninety eight years. Yeah, old. the last Munchkin left is the middle guy of the Lollipop Guild, the oh, one really? who hands the lollipop to yeah. uh, Dorothy yes. after they're done singing. Which Lollipop Guild is the best Munchkin? <laughs> of course, the one with Munchkin yeah. left is the motherfucker with like little little yeah, little, little, little dark queen queen of red hair. <laughs> yes, you want? Is he the only? He, is he's got to be the last cast member alive, right? You know what? That's a good question. No one talks about like the Winkies. Which which ones? Which is the last monkey left alive? God knows, like fucking. Yeah, heaven knows, like all the primary characters. Are... Any of the Munchkins get Munchkins outlive like? Is no. Dorothy like twelve in that movie? <laughs> yeah, Judy Garland was. She's very, the first very young. one to die, right? Yep, yep, pretty much. Yeah. Oh my god! Who knew? Well, Twenty fourteen. How are any of the Munchkins alive? <laughs> Terrible. This guy might be Jesus. Mm. Anyway, congrats, congratulations to uh, Loll- Lollipop Guild boss. <laughs> what 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 prize are we sending him? Uh, oh speaking God. of prizes, this week I finally <laughs> I finally remembered to bring over those six gun volumes that <laughs> we raffled off so Bill can build. <laughs> Christ. It's you 
fix the podcast today? Are recording like the only reason we're recording today correctly That's is true. because you 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 did your your you you pulled your weight by bringing over those comics and making it so we can actually record and publish. A yeah, podcast we had today. a we had a cataclysmic issue. Um, yeah, on top of not being able to record last week when we took a break at the at the Geek Week News and Review, we had a problem where uh, we almost GarageBand decided to delete the podcast even though we were trying to delete it, but Annie rescued it because yeah. she's smart. So, uh, yeah, so, so at least that. I made sure you could listen to this episode, even though I also made sure that those winners, those five winners, never see that. If this were a Final Fantasy game, you would be our Sid. That's right. You fixed our airship uh-huh. of humor. There we go. Yes. Hey, everybody, this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. Uh, we're at Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter. BoyHowdyPodcast.com is our website. What else do I normally say? You can leave reviews for us on iTunes. Let us know which uh, which Disney character does have, uh, in your opinion, the best bedroom eyes. <laughs> Dear Lord. I'm thinking Jason Alexander is, uh, what was he? Was, was he a gargoyle? Gargoyle from yeah, Hunchback. That took me a minute. Yeah. The gargoyles were, what's his butt from uh, Murphy Brown, right? Yeah, old gay and guy. And then Lady from Sister Lady, Act. yeah. Yep. They're all dead I now, I cannot too. believe that I can remember all the... <laughs> This is your long drawn out <laughs> ending for this week's end of the podcast. Hey everybody, we're gonna go play some video games. Talk to you next week. Okay, take care guys. I love to get you on a slow boat to China. All to myself alone. Get you and keep you. In my arms evermore Leave all your lovers Weeping on the faraway shore Out on the briny With a moon big and shiny Melting your heart of stone I'd love to get you on a slow boat to China, all to myself.